Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What's that mean? <laughs> you know, you one know, of those types. You know. Yeah. Yeah, what's that, you know? Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, but yeah. what are you saying? Where, where are we going with this? What's, <laughs> what, what's happening? You know where it's going. Yeah, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Seeky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. There you go. And we are at episode 570. It's a round number. It is a round number. It's a zero after. Some say it's the roundest of numbers. 570? Yeah. Poets have said, Mm. 570, ye be the roundest of numbers, ye. (laughs) That's what they say. And then they they rhyme it with something, you know, in whatever their poetic language is. Sure. Yet, roundest, you say, but it's divisible by three. Yeah. Like all good things, <laughs> like the Holy Trinity, yep. uh, Fantastic Four after Ben Grimm died, <laughs> yes, yeah, he and uh, all the seasons in, uh, in in British Columbia, yes, uh, rain, mm-hmm. uh, slightly less rain, yeah, a uh, bit of sun. <laughs> there you go, those three seasons. Though we are possibly having snow next week, so uh, yeah, they're calling chaos. For, they're calling for chaos. It, but- their predictions have been rather off this year. I feel yeah, like that's, the, that's a fair point. The climatologists have not been. I'm I'm uh, I'm a fear to the ice now because I had a nice slip last. That's uh, right. Last year. That's right. So uh, yeah, I'm a fear to the ice. We'll see how that goes. Maybe when there's ice, I'll just go. Eh, I'll stay in. Mm-hmm. I'll just stay in. Just, Maybe uh, wear some uh, climbing, like uh, mountain climbing boots with little cleats in the bottom. Okay, or just those big spikes. Yes, big maybe I should just like just climb on walls and not even touch the ground <laughs> with your spiked shoes. Yeah, so that they can dig right into the brick. You think? Yeah. Did you okay. ever? Uh, were you ever um, uh, tempted to go mountaineering or do any mountain climbing? Well, I have done climbing, like wall climbing. Wall climbing, yes. Yeah, but as in like you see uh, a mount. Like okay, I used to live. I with, have been tempted. I, I have. Li- I, ha- okay. I used to live with a fella. Yeah. Uh, a, a mutual friend of ours. His name was uh, Alan. Yep. And uh, he and his family loved uh, mountain climbing, and they loved going on hills. And he'd show me like uh, things where like him and his brother had gone on this real thin ledge. Yeah. And just made their way around a mountain. I'm like, were you tied to anything? No. And they just they just risking their lives. Doing all these climbing up high places. I guess and to me, it was just like yeah. just a nightmare. Just like you might as well just be saying we're just going and we're like rolling in snakes. But I guess it's kind of like you being on stage. Like when you started on stage, you started like doing small, smaller things. And then you worked your way up until you were like a feature. Okay. And you weren't that you were nervous, right. but you weren't right. like gripped by by right. petrifying fear. You know. Right. Well, and it's I, the same for them. If they I started, failed, it would be embarrassing. Yeah. And if he fails, it would be falling to your death. Sure, but you don't look at look at it that way because you've just kind of become it's so something you do, and you just sort of added difficulty over time that yeah. it just seems like oh well, it's fine. It's not, but, but you were saying you you have been tempted to. Well, I, one time I this was actually happened in the Orkney Islands. Okay. And uh, there is video evidence of this, but uh, I have suppressed it. But um, I decided. It wouldn't be that hard to climb up this rick, this cliff face up to where the grass grass was, and then like climb up into the the meadow up above this beach. Okay. So it was sand down below, and then it was a rocky cliff, right? With a with like pasture above it. So I started climbing up, and I was quite high up. And then I realized, no, this is not actually something that I can do. I, you know, when I get up there, 
I won't be able to like reach over the grass uh-huh. to like pull myself up. I'll just right. be like pulling on loose grass and then heading back down quite quickly. Right. So then I decided. That I, does sound like a nightmare of mine. Yes. And so then I decided, well, I'll just I'll go back down this cliff, which is much easier to say to yourself than it is to do because then you're trying to like retrace your steps, which you were like seeing your footholds and your handholds as you went up. Now you can't see anything and you're trying to like back down. Right. And then you least, need that feature in your car where you can see out of your butt. So there is video of me saying to Lisa, who at this moment was pointing the video camera at me. I'm saying, don't film me, don't film me, because I, I, I thought I was going to fall. Right. And then I did fall. And oh. she, she turned the camera away, though. So you just hear a lot, like a lot of rocks and stuff tumbling and then the, you know, me going, ugh. And then she quickly turns back around just to get the okay. the aftermath. I got to ask you. I mean, I hate having to ask you this, but I, I do have to ask you this question. Sure. Are you a ghost? <laughs> have you been Have you been doing this podcast as a ghost for the last while? Yeah, I have been. A okay. Ghost All right. Time. Fair enough. Yeah. Bum bum bum. What a Cause, twist! Because legally, if you're a ghost, yeah. you have to tell me. This was our Halloween. No, I don't. There's no law. Yeah. There's no law. Oh, yeah. There's ghost law. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You There's, finish your unfinished business, you got to fuck off. Yeah. And if I ask you if you're a ghost, uh, if I catch you being a ghost, mm-hmm. doing ghost stuff, yeah. and I go, are you a ghost? Yeah. You got you can't go, no. There's no ghost <laughs> yeah. that goes, no. Yeah, I can. All right. Show me in any uh, ghost show yeah. or, or book, yeah. even a book, because yeah. I know you like your books. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or a movie yeah. uh, where someone went, are you a ghost? And yeah. the ghost said, no. Mm-hmm. And was, you know, lied. You can't. Is that right? Yeah. So what does the ghost say? I am a ghost? Yeah. Uh, they, that's when they spill the beans. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, there's no time that a ghost is lying about being a yeah, ghost. Yeah, Well, you don't know. Maybe it's a lying ghost. Hmm, maybe. That could be. I, I just can't. I'm at, I, I can't think of any ghost story where that is the case. I can't think of any ghost story where the person asks the ghost if it is a ghost. Hmm. Like, it's usually pretty clear that it's a ghost. Like, no one's going like, hey... Slightly translucent thing floating in a hallway. Are you a ghost? That's not the case. If you're like an M. Night Shyamalan ghost, you're just like a regular... Yeah, but you're still scary looking. You don't look normal. You don't look like a person. Well, some some of them do. Who? Well, I'm sort of spoiling... Which one? The guy with the blood pouring out of his neck? I'm sort of spoiling a movie if I tell you which ghost... The burn victim? Uh, No. The dead girl? Let's just say there was a ghost in that movie... Yeah. That's a very important character that's a ghost. Yeah. It looked fine enough that you didn't figure that stuff out. It's one of the main characters, Dave. <laughs> I've seen the movie. Yeah. I just sort of, well, you know, I guess we don't want to spoil it. Although the movie's like, what, 24 years old now? 25 years old? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Like, there's lots of movies you haven't seen that are 24 years old. Lots of movies. Um, Many are older than that. Lisa's, when Lisa went t- taught, at a, she had a, taught at a private school... And the vice principal walked into a meeting and, and gave away the, the the surprise of the crying game to everyone. Oh, he's a ghost. At this meeting. <laughs> I don't know, he's a ghost, he's a jerk. But this person was also my mortal enemy when I was in school. That's He was an older man by this point, but he had been my vice principal when I was in elementary school. Oh, okay. And he pinched my ear. Oh, boo. I know, that's what I said. I've, ha- I've had that. I had a, I had a uh, yeah, a vice principal, yeah, that's right, mm-hmm. grabbed the ear and, and dragged me down a hallway. Oh, that's worth God, it. let's find those people and just fuck them up. <laughs> I just got pain. I think I think this person has gone on to his reward, his great reward. I was dragged down a hall twice. Once, ear. Yeah. Once, hood of uh, snowsuit. Oh. Ho- hood of snowsuit was yeah. a choking one. Like, I couldn't breathe while he was doing it. Yeah. And uh, could not communicate that to them. And then, 
and then so like he was trying to intimidate me obviously because you know he's grabbing me by the snowsuit and taking yeah. me to the office and then he's giving me the business in the office and all i all i was saying to him was i could not breathe <laughs> I wasn't able to breathe, and I just didn't give a shit. Yeah, I, it was the first time as a kid that I was like standing up to an authority figure in that kind of environment. But it was just like I yeah. couldn't breathe. So all the other rules and bullshit and whatever you want to tell me now does not matter because I could not breathe. So the end. No bullshit, bullshit. This is that was <laughs> crap. Yeah. So you know, all right. Well, don't do it again. Uh huh. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> That's kind of scary, though. Yeah. It was. I can see. It was scary because of the not being able to breathe bit. I never had anything. I didn't have any kind of major. Well, I think I've mentioned I had to get a spanking in kindergarten. But. Um, yeah. That's. Otherwise, you don't get the fetish. It's got to <laughs> come true. from somewhere. I still have to go to. I have a, a kindergarten room at the house where Lisa spanks me. I feel sorry. You know, now the kids don't get spanked. Yeah. Just like where are they going to get their fetishes from? Well, they're gonna get like their yeah. fetish will be being ghosted on like uh, <laughs> right. online. Their, their fetish will be TikTok. Yeah, they won't they won't be able to stop watching it. I can't imagine that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say, oh, uh, the scariest thing that happened to me as a kid in, with a teacher was a teacher threw a chalk brush at me, like from the front of the classroom to me at me, and it like narrowly missed me. And he was trying to hit me. He wasn't like he he was just lucky that he didn't hit me. Were you like sleepy or some such? No, I mean I was probably, probably talking. Okay, I was yeah, talking. you can't throw a chalk brush. I was a pretty disruptive. Don't uh, give a kid, shit. Grade five. Don't give a shit. You can't throw a chalk brush. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I think that's terrible. I just I always think of that and just think, man, if what if it hit me? That would have been really bad. Yeah, like bad for everyone, for him, for me. What grade is this? Grade five. Uh, I was in a grade okay. five six split class. You throwing a, a chalk brush at a at a fifth grader? Mm-hmm. Let's find that guy. Let's fuck him up. <laughs> I know I, I might never be able to make it to Star Wars if you'd hit me. Yeah, outrageous. Yeah, we used to have a we used to have a teacher who would like slam a golf club on your on your tail. I mean, it was it was uh, you know. Yeah, so it would have been people, eleven. People loved loved that guy, uh, but yeah, he slam a golf club down on your tail, whack, and uh, <laughs> you know it would get your attention and, and yeah. Stuff, but yeah, it'd be fun to just take that golf club and just leave. <laughs> oh, boy. I so look forward to having a class with that teacher because. I'd heard that he was like a good social studies teacher yeah. from people, and and I like social studies, and I and he taught warfare, like a class about war. Yeah, and that seemed pretty exciting. So I always look forward to it, but I, I didn't actually like him very much as a teacher. Yeah, partly for that, partly for like a kind of bullying attitude, which I didn't yeah. like very much. And uh, he was a liberal bully, so you know, yes. there's no there's no point where you, you would ever think you're wrong. Like I think like if you're if you're a right wing bully. You get called on it enough that yeah. sometimes you go, yeah, that was too far. Yeah. But I think if you're a left wing bully, you always think you're right, and you just keep doubling down. Yeah, yeah. And now you're now uh, you're right. Do you have you not only do you have the you're bullying, but you're also like self righteous about it. Yeah, which is extra bad. It's kind of it actually teachers like that and teach and and what I didn't like were teachers who were always bending their own rules. How so? Well, might they might be like for example, for example. Well, they might be like. You know, you get in your, you know, your assignments in on time, or you lose five marks a day. Okay. And you're like, okay, well, I better get my assignment. That's so you get your rule. assignment in. That's a rule. Get your assignment in. Yeah. And then someone else comes, hands theirs in two days later, and they don't get. The teacher's like, oh, it's fine. I, you know. And I thought, 
Like, why did I work my ass off to get this thing in? And you don't even apply in the stupid rule that you told us right. about. Like, I would just think that would be David, a... David, don't you see? To the me, that's... The rules unfair. aren't what's important. <laughs> yeah. But it's to me, that's unfair. Like, you have to apply... Like, if one person gets... You know, but another person in that same situation, if they were late, they got the 10 points off right. or whatever, or the five points a day off. Where the other person got got off, you know, they let it slide. And I just no, think it's unfair. I don't no like that. There's no chance that, that uh, the teacher knew what this other person was going through and that they might have had a legitimate reason. Could have been, but I, I don't feel like that was part of it. And I feel like everyone has legitimate reasons why they're late. And that's not good enough if they have a legitimate reason? Do you? I say hi, voice? <laughs> no. No, they still should... Uh, should just be applied all uh, right across the board. Okay. You're an absolutist. I just don't think it's fair if you create a rule that you apply to some people and not to others. Okay. Whatever the reason. You made up the rule. You made up the rule. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be there. But you made that rule. Right. Then apply it. Okay. Don't be like, some days I feel like applying it, other days I don't. I just prefer like a hard-ass teacher who's like, nope, that's the mm-hmm. rule. This is how it works. Yeah, you like then you know where uh, you, you like are. boundaries. You know that's, where you are. That's your fetish. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. You got it in school. I, I just understand. like to. I just like to know where I stand. There was no spanking. Yeah, I like that was to right. know where you I didn't get spanked enough, so you had to make up this. Uh, I just don't want to feel like the person is making them up as like making everything up as they go along. I just feel like ugh, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that makes sense in this in this classroom. Then, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because if I can be late once and then not ne- late the next time, or if you just. Give marks based on how you're feeling that day. You didn't have any coffee in the morning. Now you're upset. So this person gets punished. And the, but the next day you're happy because uh, you got a tax rebate in the mail. Then this person <laughs> okay. gets away with it. That this isn't, you know, I just fuck that. Because it's okay. just, there's no, there's no, there's nothing going on there that makes sense to me. All right. I need like, I want to know. You I like structure. And you're it's not a structure that, guy. That's fine. And it's not, it's not even that, it's not even that like I'm a big rule follower. Like, I'll break the rules all day long if I can get away with it. But you want the rules to be there. But break. I want the rules the rules to be there, yeah. yeah. And when I get punished for it, I think it's perfectly fair. I all broke right. the rules. Uh, if I get pulled over for speeding, that's fair. I was speeding. I broke the rule. That's fair. But if the guy pulls you over and he's like, you're driving 55. And you're like, yeah, but it's 60. Yeah. I just feel like 55 oh, wait, is... Wait, wait. What if he, what if, uh, he pulls you over and then yeah. uh, it's like, what, what, what was going on? Oh, I'm late for this thing that's really important. Like, oh, okay, I'll let you go. It's like, no, <laughs> well, that, no, you charge me because yeah, I want rules to be yeah, that has uh, happened. enforced. That has happened though for me. Okay. It is a pretty good feeling when they just let you go. Yeah. And don't charge like, you. I got a podcast. Don't charge you $160 or I'm, whatever. Uh, for... I'm doing a bonus episode of Totally Tintin. <laughs> I got to get uh, over, over here. And, get by there. the way, uh, we did a bonus episode of Totally Tintin. I don't know if that appeared on your feed if you're like a subscriber. Um, but uh, if so, that, that's, we, we did do that. That was intentional. There wasn't a glitch. And then an episode from 2015 just appeared suddenly. We did do a bonus episode. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were talking about our uh, trip to uh, Belgium. We went to Belgium. As we as as you've heard from last week. Yeah, you know. It's not, not a big surprise. I'm not, I'm not saying answer. everyone. Every episode is a first episode for someone. Okay. So, you know, we went to Belgium and then we went to the Hergé Museum and we talk about it uh, at length on our bonus episode of Totally Tintin. Then we went to Paris. Yep. And everything went perfectly in Paris. <laughs> no questions asked. Could've everything been was fine. It couldn't have been everything better. Everything was fine. Yeah. Fine and dandy. Cotton candy. No problem. Everything's swell. It's Go never, to hell. It's never, gone, it's never gone smoother in my life. Never gone smoother. Uh, met with a bruiser. <laughs> By the way, I was looking, uh, I was watching um, one of those videos. It was like, seven scams of Paris. 
Okay. Like, <laughs> they just broke down like so it was everything one of them, that we did. Yeah, it was the, like the bracelet yeah. one, yeah. the fighting yeah. the ring one. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I've had both of those. Oh, you had the ring one? Uh, not this time, but when we were so it was before. like uh, they someone just called with seven days, and then like seven days later, a little girl comes through your TV. <laughs> it's, that's a ring one. That's, no, the, the, that's the biggest pair of scam. <laughs> the little girl comes through your TV and goes like, "Can I have some money?" I'm like, "Oh, I gotta I give got her some me. money." No, the the ring scam is the a person pretending to find a ring on the yeah. s- the sidewalk and turning to you and go, "Is this yours?" And then somehow through some sort of you know osmosis social compact. Sorry, social contract, social contract, whatever, guilt sort of thing. You end up paying for this ring. Right. And that's the same with the bracelet one, too. It's They tie it on your wrist, and then it's too much trouble to take off, and then you're like, oh, I'll just pay for it. Yeah. There's this one where if you walk into a shop, and then a guy uh, fits you completely for a suit, then you got to pay for the suit. <laughs> well, yeah, it takes all your measurements. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cuts the cloth, sure. purchases the cloth, uh-huh. tells you to come back in a week, you come yeah. back in a week, does another fitting. Yeah. Then you leave again, come back, one more fitting, yeah. and it's all done. And he goes like, and now can you pay for the suit? I'm like, what's this scam? <laughs> that seems like a really terrible so scam. elaborate long con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, you know what, though? I think in some ways uh, I'm going to put a little blame on the person who keeps coming back again. How so? Well, they keep showing back up again for these fittings. Like, they don't have to go there. Well, I don't want to be rude. Well, I guess that's... I'm not but what, what about not what about not paying? That's, yeah, that's kind of rude as well. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, that's why I paid. <laughs> that's how they get you. It's a social yeah. con- compact yeah. or contract. Yeah. I'm not too sure which is the correct term. Yeah, there's one too where you like get on a plane and then they hand you a, a cap and say, you're the pilot. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And like, you're the pilot. You just forgot you have temporary amnesia. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Am I? Yeah. I must have temporary amnesia. Yeah. You'll remember how to fly the plane once you get up there. Okay. And then you get to the cockpit. Yeah. And uh, and then you start to fly the plane. Yeah. And then halfway up, they're like, we'll give you flying lessons for 100 bucks. I'm like, shit. Now I need to get these flying lessons or I can't land the plane. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's that old left hand scam. scam. Yeah. Scam it's the old and a half. Falsy pilot thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. Yeah. But then you know how to fly a plane. So at least you got at that least, going for you when you come back down. At least that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Well, yeah. Look yeah. on the bright side. And it's only $100. Yeah, to me, it feels like it should be more than that to learn how to fly a plane. So it's actually pretty good. Well, they good. want to make sure you've got it on you. Yeah. 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 Feels like you've. That feels like a pretty good deal, actually. I'm, I'm, do you like that deal? I'm, I'm, well, uh, fly left Hansa because they're going to do it for you. <laughs> left, left Hansa. Left Hansa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you talk like it's the co pilot that gives you the instructions. Mm-hmm. You're like, how'd you learn this? And he's like, I was you like last week. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And that's the cycle of the unbroken <laughs> by and by, Lord, by, by and by. by. There's a, a thing too. Here's a scam that they do. Yeah. If you go into one of their uh, big churches, yeah. uh, you go in there and they'll have a collection plate and they'll mm-hmm. bring that by. Yeah. And they'll go like, well, what happens if I give money here? And they go, uh, eternal life. Oh. I'm like, yeah, that'll <laughs> scam. Sounds like a scam to me. Eternal life scam. <laughs> That's right. You're going to be in heaven, paradise for eternity. Yeah. And you're like, and then you get to the afterlife. Yeah. All of a sudden there's a crocodile there and he wants to me- uh, weigh your heart against a feather. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, but I gave money to the church. And I'm like, I don't know that church. I'm like, fucking hell. I got the wrong one. Which one's the scam though? What's the scam? The heart and the feather or the, the church with the Well, here's the money. thing. Yeah. Sometimes you might see it and just like, wait a minute, you're an alligator. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not the crocodile. That's how you know it's a scam. Oh, that's how you know it's a scam. Yeah. That's how you get it. Sure. Huh. So, okay. So, the ring one, the bracelet one. Yeah. What other scams are there? There's definitely the one we, we ran into, which was the distracting uh, a pickpocket pick, pick, scam. Pickpocketer. Yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, there's one that takes uh, the Moulin Rouge scam. Okay. What is this? Which is, um, uh, when you're coming in, 
they go like, "Would you like a special seat? It looks like you've got like you if you're there with like uh, you know someone, you know, like a couple or yeah, what yeah, have you, so like, yeah, significant like a special seat yeah. tonight." Like, well, yes, I would like a special seat. Okay, well, let's take you to the front. And they take you to the front, and they start pouring champagne. And oh. you're paying for the champagne. The champagne yeah. is <laughs> big, big bucks. And they I don't see. tell you how much the champagne is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things. They'll uh-huh. take you right up to the front. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, champagne's flowing, and at the end of the night, you're yeah. paying, like, 500 euros. Moulin Scrooge. Um, so what about... <laughs> I know you're trying to say you got screwed. Yeah, yeah. But I know. it sounds more like Scrooge. a weird Christmas carol of like Moulin Scrooge. And like yeah, Scrooge yeah. is like, you know, are you ready I for a, Mr. Scrooge? Are you ready for a sexy Christmas? I tried, I tried to make it work. I want a Puritan Christmas. I want no sexiness in this Christmas at all. Oh, but Mr. Okay, so the Moulin Rouge scam. So what else? What are the scams? Oh boy, I think I, these that's are the ones it. I, We've I, run out I'm of them. Remembering, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know one. Oh, uh, there's a if you sit down at a restaurant like one of those touristy cafes. Yeah. French menus, English menus, different prices. Oh really? English menus, um, uh, pricier. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, that's one they'll do the swap out. That's why we got a good deal when we were with uh, Regis at that cafe. That was a good price for the uh, my beef tech. Mm. Well, it was actually written on the board behind you, so sure. I don't think they could have changed it. No, no. Anything. They heard him, they saw him coming in and they changed, They quickly like flipped it around right. to the proper side. That's why when I walk into a restaurant, I'm always like, ah, Louette, Jean-Pierre Louette. <laughs> and they're like, he is a classic Frenchman. <laughs> That's right. Allo, allo. Yeah. Always oh, Quebecois. Raise, <laughs> oh, no. Raise the prices even more. Make the prices even more. Yeah. Why? Well, because I have a rough voice that makes me a Quebecois. Yeah, sometimes, and there's one, the Eiffel Tower scam, which is like, would you like a ticket to the Eiffel Tower? Yeah. It's like, I would. Uh, And then uh, they take you, and then you climb up on top of a bucket, and they go, there you go. (laughs) They're like, this isn't the Eiffel Tower. It's like, they go, prove it. Well, that that is one of the scams, is like false tickets. It's like, uh, I'm standing outside, just like, uh, my friend didn't show up. Do you want their ticket? Yeah, okay. I mean, whatever you think is fair for this ticket that is nothing mm-hmm. and then they fuck off yeah mm. with nothing buckus buckus jack it's obviously a tough city to live in yeah i mean i'm sure we've got some shit that goes on here and yeah we got vancouver. guys roller skating around with their wife and in, in labor in north vancouver yes i i kind of and i mean they do prey on tourists those yeah. people you yeah know. yeah that's true it just it just feels it feels more predatory it feels like you know what Oh, the other the other ones feel more predatory. It feels like you know the Paris yeah. stuff. Like I've yeah. I've I've ridden the Sky Train a lot. Yeah, and I can't ever remember someone going, "Hey, my uh! yeah, yeah." And you know, no, I mean that's the thing. Like I I made the mistake of doing uh, how I've carried my wallet my entire life. Like, that's just the the funny part of it, right? Like yeah. people are like, "Oh, you never worry, put your." Wallet in your back pocket. You you don't. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I've carried it my whole life. So, you know, it's only natural that yeah. you would fall back into that habit. I've been when made you're... fun of for carrying mine in my front pocket, but that's just because I'm really OCD. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I was like, oh, you're a front pocket guy. What's that mean? <laughs> you know, you one know of those types. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? You know. Yeah, yeah. We know. Yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Where, where are we going with this? What's, <laughs> what, what's happening? You know where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't remember that. Like all my trips to, you know, a- England. Mm-hmm. I don't remember people saying that. The two places I've 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 run into that have been New York and Paris. Yeah, and you know yeah. where I've 
you know, just had people go, hey. And I could see that they've been scammed or robbed yeah. right in front of me. It almost feels like it's an insider thing. Like, you, you are obviously an outsider because you didn't know the rules. Mm. You know, and it's sort of like, if you're in New York, and I imagine maybe the same in Paris, it's like a point of pride that you live in the city and it's such a predatory city. Mm. And I just do fine. And, you know, too bad for you. I mean, I feel sorry for you, but also I feel like you're an idiot because you fell for that scam. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of look you got from people who are from Paris. Like, yeah. when you explain I mean, I mean, what happened, you just get the most, the most weirdly like, oh, idiot. I came, yeah, I, I, this is on a, a side note. It's just like, just getting onto the bus and like uh, thinking I could pay on the bus with cash mm-hmm. and just being like, no, 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 no. And the bus are, no, 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 you can't pay with cash. <laughs> like, why, why can't you pay with cash? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, that, I think that's more of a COVID thing because it was a was yeah. a, a, a some time ago. but Okay. And now that they don't have to do it anymore, they're like, ah, we're not bringing it back in. Yeah. But, you but know, the problem I, is they have no other system. Like when we were in when we were in uh, Belgium, I could pay with my credit card for the a tram for the bus or whatever. There was always these little Wi-Fi readers that were there that you could yeah. just put your credit card in front of, and it charged you the dollar or the euro, one euro ninety. And but in Paris, no, either you've bought your pre-bought your ticket in some mysterious location. I don't know where the fuck it is, or and that's the other thing. Like in Belgium, like when I was in Brussels. And I had to catch the bus. I could buy a, a ticket right at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. There was like a machine there that issued yeah, a ticket. And I got sense. on the bus. Paris, nope. You have to go. Like, I guess you have to yeah, go down and take the bus. Well, better go find a subway. <laughs> that's right. Well, what do I, I don't want a subway. I know, but that's where the you have to get bus, tickets. bus tickets at yeah, the subway. Get them oh, down there. well, that's dumb. Yeah, that's a dumb uh, extra extra step. Yeah. Here's a here's me being Johnny complaining as well. Okay. Uh, yesterday, Carry on. we were gonna like have to take the bus somewhere. And normally, I've, I've just got like a, a pass where you just do the beep yeah. thing. So I don't know how much money comes off. It just eventually it'll tell me, oh, you're out. Like, okay, refill. Here we go. But it was like, oh, I got to just take a, I got to just bring cash along because I'm going with my wife. And like, uh, how much is it? It's like uh, 310 to take the bus. 310? Yeah. Three, <laughs> to Yuma? Were you going to Yuma? Yeah, there you are. But I'm just like, 310? Yeah. Who's, who's bringing a dime? <laughs> It's like you could just say three twenty five. Like they just know. say three twenty five. Don't be a dick about it and say three ten and just like keep the change. It's just like fuck off. It's three. It's three twenty five. Then three ten. Get a hell. Make it three. Make it twenty five. Yeah. Don't don't be don't be full of nonsense. Yeah, and that also feels kind of cheap because I've been on bus systems where they give you change when you put too okay. much into the machine. Like that's a possibility too, oh, folks. Oh, it is a possibility. Oh, I, we can't, we can't do that though. It's too complicated. What about people behind you? They have to wait for the change to come. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's... And here's the thing too. I get like you know back in COVID days, but it it really wasn't like spread by money. No, I know, but that's the thing, right? Like when you lose something like that, it's yeah. not going to come back again. Yeah. You know, like once bus drivers and even the company probably realize. How much simpler it is to not have to worry about having money on the bus drivers and having them carry cash yes. and having to have a float and ha- have blah blah blah. Float, just, just you know. Well, they have to have change to give you and stuff like do that. Do they? Do or, or could you just? I don't know. Put money into a thing. 
that then counts it as it falls. Yeah. You know, that technology sure. that's been around forever. But, I mean, that's great. But if you look Have at, you seen a coffee machine But in if the you 1950s, looked at the buses... It figured that shit out back then. <laughs> sure. And we hadn't been to the moon yet. But if, it, we're fine. If you looked at the buses, you saw that it was basically just like a counter by the yeah by the bus driver that you just it was kind a of put your table. you put your money onto and then he swept into a into a into some sort of bucket. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Place I, I agree with you. Bets. But my feeling about stuff like that is like yes, in an ideal world, but in probably one of the world's largest transit systems, yeah, like such what seems like a simple thing is probably a very expensive and laborious and costly or oh, expensive but you know it's just like a big deal i mean to be. it got to the it got to the point for the majority of time we're telling bus stories now are you yeah, enjoying these um it, it got to the majority of the time i would get on a bus yeah like on the back of the bus because yeah. like one one time i was on the back of the bus and there was i could pay yeah and so i'm like ah this is how this works yeah because i've done this and this is how it works yeah then you get on the next couple of times there's nothing there mm-hmm. I'm like well what goes on and did i just sneak on the bus and the bus is going like <laughs> i guess i guess this is my life of crime begun <laughs> there's nothing i can do no one's and you hear i was bus, so mad you, when you, you did that you hear it you hear like a you hear a bus driver in the going is he calling for me like is he calling for me does he have the ability to come and get me because yeah. he's behind that bulletproof glass yeah i don't think he's i don't think he can get me he's not he doesn't care you're right <laughs> i don't know why i'm picturing him as a clam i'm picturing him as a giant cartoon clam yeah. who's driving the bus and i don't know if he's got little arms but just i'm just picturing that with a little bus hat i remember that bus driver yeah <laughs> anyway, that's how French people sound to me. And I can say that now that I'm home. <laughs> that's right. They can't get me here. Can't get me here. You guys with your scams <laughs> making me fly an airplane. Uh yes, yes. Scams. I'm mostly I'm mostly over it. I mean I don't even I mean I do think about it, but not I'm I'm over I'm not emotional about it anymore. Okay, I'm glad. I'm over that part of it, so I'm not have over you, have you got your driver's license yet? No, I have to go in on the 18th for my okay. driver's license. So what are you what are you doing for a driver's license now? Nothing, just driving around. Driving with no license. Driving with no license. Oh, Mister, uh, don't break a rule. <laughs> driving around no license. I said I would. I did. I said I'm not a big rule follower. I break rules all the time. Right, but you like having the rules. I in like place. having rules in place. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. Here's. I the know other. what rule I'm breaking, and I'm being very careful to not get caught breaking it. Let me say this one other thing about uh, Paris. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a beautiful, beautiful city. You know, it's for lovers. Is it? Yeah. I thought that was uh, Virginia. Virginia's for lovers? I think so. It's somewhere. Somewhere in the States. I think Virginia's for Santa Clauses. Anyway, Virginia Slims, you've come a long way, baby. (laughs) Um, And now you're going a long way back because everything's going backwards. Um, But uh, so uh, I'm there and I'm in France for just a couple of days. Same amount of days as you. Yeah, pretty much exactly. And uh, I'm looking at my skin and my skin's just going, hey, want to be a teenager again? I'm like, Jesus, what's happening to me? And then I take a Q-tip and I do a light uh, cleaning of the ears and it's like near black. Mm. And I'm like, what's this? And it's just, uh, it's uh, filthy air. Okay. filthy Parisian air. Yeah. You know, just clogging the pores. And and, uh, as soon as I come home, Skin is uh, all good again. Yeah, Yeah. lovely, lovely skin. Mine's a little bit. Yeah, mine got a little uh, reactive. But I have to admit, I've been drinking a lot of pop in the last little while. I don't know. I don't know why. Mm. I've been pop pop opportunities. I've got you uh, two cokes here, and I feel bad about it. I only drink one. I drink one at the restaurant though. So, Um, but yeah, no, I'm. 
I've been kind of oversugaring myself, but I think that's Halloween related too. Sure, that's right. Once we get like past Halloween, I can I can lay off a little bit. But I am a t- like there's a reason I do my sugar fast in at Lend, and that's because I find sugar like irresistible. If there's sugar nearby me, yeah, I will ingest it. Not like not like a bowl of white sugar, but you know, like if there's sure. if there's like uh, well, we ha- right now at work we have like um, I don't know those chupa chups. Is that what they're called? Chupa chups. Chupa chops. Uh, where where the are they from? Pops. They just kind of came from nowhere. Now everyone has chupa chops everywhere. But yeah, so there's. I don't. I don't find them that good. Chupa chops. They're fine. They're yeah. f- they have sugar in them. Yeah, so but I'm, you, yeah, I'm, but you know, I'm eating them. There's to, there's tootsie pops, and they're they're better. The higher quality. Yeah, yeah, they're better. Lollipop. We had some tootsie pops a little while ago, and I I, I ate a few Let of those. Let me ask you this: Where did those uh, lifesavers lollipops go? What lifesaver lollipops? They used to have lifesaver Oh, the round, they had the round... Large lifesavers. Yeah, those are like pretty good. Gigantic lifesavers yeah. in lollipop form. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well done. Yeah. And uh, gone. Poof. Now we're to Chupa Chup land. <laughs> Which sounds like a video game that yeah. I used to play in the 90s. It's just weird how, like, I feel like I never heard of them. My neighbor gave me some that his daughter sent him from Mexico. A long time, like a long time ago, when the okay. girls were little, all right. He like gave us a bunch of these chupa chups that she sent, and and you know I I ate them. Of course I wasn't you. I wasn't super impressed by them. They're a little bit different. They're a little different, different flavored, but uh, but you know they're at work, so they're in like a bowl. So I just keep grabbing them and and sucking on a sucker while I'm working. So-called. Okay, well they are Spanish, and they've been around. Uh, oh wait, okay, uh, yeah, and they were founded in 1958. Huh. So they've been around 64 years. Wow. Yeah. But. Tell me more. Not here, though. Like, they weren't like, we didn't grow up with Chupa Chups. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. So, uh, all right. So, the logo was designed mm-hmm. by a famous artist. Oh, really? Are you familiar with with this thing? Okay. Surrealist. A surrealist? Yeah. Who who designed the, the, the uh, logo? Is he super famous? Like, we would all know him yeah. because of his, his yep. significant mustachio? Yep. So, yep. Dolly? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Salvador Dali designed the logo. Interesting. And uh, and and uh, the slogan was uh, I'm going to say it wrong. S redondo y duro mucho chupa chups, which translates. But lasts a long time anyway. For part of it, it's round and lost and long lasting. Hmm. Yeah, that's what they you say about J- uh, Jackie Gleason. <laughs> uh, and I just mean sexually. <laughs> Okay. What a weird reference! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Jackie then, and then, and then, when he climaxes, you yeah. go bang, zoom to the moon. Um, Good for him. All right. In the eighties, yeah, uh, falling birth rates uh, reduced the number of uh, uh, young consumers. Okay, okay. And so they started a campaign. Yeah, which uh, was an anti-smoking uh, one. Saying smoke chapa chups instead. I see to try to get adult customers. Yeah, and the uh, the company's current anti smoking slogan is: "I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out the word. You try and guess what the word is. Okay, stop smoking. Yeah, start fucking sucking. Oh, you were so, so close. close, so close. Oh, sorry. And uh, the European Union yeah. uh, has the slogan." Uh, sucking does not kill. Really? Yeah. Huh. There you go. Well, I'll have to tell Lisa. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. 
Uh, Bring, get some get some suckers in the house. Get some suckers in the house. Uh, there, 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 there you are. By the way, again, we're yeah. very on brand with talking about candies, <laughs> even Spanish ones. Yeah, because we're we're European. In these our... are these are really dirty slogans. Oh, man. okay, it's fine. Yeah, you know, Spain. You know what? It's it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's less sexy in Spanish. Chapa chaps. Put me in your mouth, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> that's right swallow me hard yeah do you think you're better than me mm-hmm. i got so many more that i don't want to say <laughs> okay that's the end of that no we're done <laughs> wrapping it up all right wrapping it up yeah chopa chops don't have to be wrapped up i'm like you're maybe you know what i mean because of the uh, uh, and no put it away put it all away it's all fine life say yeah what happened to those lifesavers uh lollipops those were those were quality lollipops so anyway how was your uh, i've asked you this but i'm asking you now in the air yeah how was your halloween it was nice it was fine um it was pretty quiet like normally because it's lisa's birthday right halloween you're a co-host on horse mysteries <laughs> also known as my wife lisa yeah. um her birthday is on halloween so often we have had family over for dinner nice. we normally have like a chinese food dinner and have everyone over, and we have And food if you run out of candy, and, yeah. you will give the children Chinese food. That's right. I'll give them Like a of, nice hot egg roll. I'll, I don't... Well, I make up little packs that they can take home and warm up for tomorrow's... For lunch for tomorrow. Sure, sure. Yeah. Or you just... A bit of chow mein, just, a little each bit Each kid of, gets some plum sauce. You just put the little packages of plum sauce <laughs> in the bag. There you go. Don't, don't eat it all at once. Um, so, but this this Halloween, we, ha- we had the uh, get-together the night before on Sunday... And so Halloween on Monday, on Lisa's birthday, we were by ourselves, just Lisa and I. And uh, we had quite a few kids come, though. And I was scared that I was going to run out of chocolate bars. And I did. Oh, no. I didn't run out of chocolate bars. In fact, I had to split. I had to break into uh, one that we just had bought for ourselves, like this, uh, a milk chocolate bar. And I just broke it in two and give, gave it to two kids. And then I gave... The other kid that was with them, the final chocolate bar that we... Because they only had one chocolate bar wow. left in the bowl. And they were okay with like an open chocolate bar? I guess. It's chocolate. Well, have to do what they can. Okay. They don't have to eat it. I just felt like they got to go walk away with something. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then... Um, yeah. That so was you it. Hear about the experiment. Close the door, turn off the light. You hear about the experiment uh, someone did where they had full-size chocolate bars. Yeah. Okay. Which is what you're playing What at. I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thing. But they so what they I'm had pl- not, what I'm playing at. Yeah, that's what you're playing at. You're playing that game. You're playing the long con. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, get it's him, it's get a Parisian scam. Yes, it's true. And then eventually the kids end up working in your chocolate factory when you lure them in. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Oompa come from. We can get into that later. <laughs> so there's a bowl of uh, large, uh, you know, regular, you know, normal sized chocolate bars, but yeah. not normal for Halloween. Yeah, like. Regular chocolate bars. Yeah. And what they did was you could either have a chocolate bar. Okay. And a kid could take a chocolate bar. Or uh, they had a bowl of potatoes. <laughs> like raw potatoes. Okay. What is you this You take experiment? one of each. Yeah. Oh. Could, not only one of each, but you could take one or You like could take either. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you can't take both. Yes, I see what you mean. Potatoes were by a landslide. The kids wanted the potatoes. Oh, really? They were thrilled by the potatoes. Interesting. Yeah, thrilled. That does not sound real. Yeah. You're not serious. Yeah, I am. Why would they take the potatoes? It's a potato. What are they going to do with it? It's pretty cool. It's big. It's substantial. It's a potato. It's a surprise. It's neat. This was Halloween that they, did, they yeah. did this experiment? Yeah. So they had a house. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. The uh, full-size candy bars versus potatoes. And the kids wanted the potato. 
That's it. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you ever see uh, videos on uh, Christmas where uh, parents would wrap up like a banana and give it to the kids? Okay. Have you seen that? No. So they, yeah, it'd be like a, a kid, it'd be like a present. Yeah. And you either put it in a box, you know. Makes and sense. these are young kids. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, it's a box. And so you'd put a banana in there and they'd open it up thrilled. <laughs> kids are thrilled to get a banana wrapped up in a box. It's like, <gasps> just can't believe it. it's a banana. Yeah. Yeah. You give them a banana regular style. Yeah. Who gives Who gives two shits? No, no. Wrap it up, Wrap put it, it up. in a box. Holy cow. Maybe they think it's a banana phone. Maybe. Maybe they're all big Raffi fans. <laughs> is that it's from true. Raffi? That is Raffi, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I think Raffi is a banana phone guy. Yeah. Is he? Credit where credit's due. Okay. Way before the Apple phone. Yeah. Banana phone. Raffi. Yeah. And then Steve Jobs comes along. Rest yeah. in peace. Uh, and uh, Or power. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and uh, that's the Apple phone. Yeah. Raffi's like just there twiddling his thumbs. You know, in the poorhouse. Yeah. He's not. He's fine. He's making good Raffy bucks. Yeah. I believe I believe Raffy. And I didn't him. know that was a banana. I, I used to be a joke I would do with the girls in the car sometimes. I would pretend the phone rang and I would answer it like that with my fingers. Uh-huh. You know, thumb up, pinky out. And I'd just say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm talking on a banana. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. I'm talking about banana phone. All right. Well, let's take a look here. Uh, he's got the Order of Canada. I know that much for okay. Raffy. Yeah. He's a global troubadour. <laughs> Whatever uh, that means. Got his uh, singable sings songs. to globes. Let's see, singable songs for the very young. Oh, he does a cover of "Baba ba Black Sheep." Okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry, there was a song called "Knees Up, Mother Brown." That sounds dirty. Yep, that's, uh, a, that's an old, an see. oldie but a goodie. Banana phone, banana apples and banana. Oh, we're getting close. Oh, I like to eat. I like to eat. I like to eat apples and bananas. Really? Yeah. Okay, I just got to look up banana phone. <laughs> Maybe it's Sherry Lois and Bram. Oh, I used to work for them. You should know about their banana phone. Then. Yeah, Raffi. Raffi did the banana oh, okay. phone. Okay. Okay, so uh, here was the uh, songs on Raffi's uh, banana phone album. Album, okay. Okay, so number one. Sure. Banana phone. Makes sense. start with banana phone. Is, what is the album called that banana phone is on? Uh, the, uh, the album's called banana phone. The album is also called banana phone. Okay. Yeah. And there's a picture uh, of a banana. Yeah. On the uh, album cover, yeah, and it's got kind of a like little Chiquita banana sticker on it, mm-hmm. but it's Raffy. Yeah. Okay, so there we gotcha. go. Gotcha. Number two, okay. Shake a toe. <laughs> Shake a toe. All, All right. right. All right. Number three, yeah. The world we love. That's nice. <laughs> we need a ballad at this point. I'm assuming it's a ballad. Yeah, I don't that'd know. be weird if it wasn't a ballad. Yeah. So it's banana phone. Shake a toe feather. Yeah. The world we love. World we love. Then uh, number four, slow day. Slow day. Slow day. All right. Is that any relation to the Flamin' Groovy song, Slow Death? Oh, I thought you were going to say Sade. <laughs> Sade. Okay. All right. I don't know what the third one, the fifth one is completely called because yeah. I've got dot, dot, dot. Okay. The Changing Garden of dot, dot, dot. So maybe that's huh. something. Number six, Naturally. Number seven, yeah. Spring Flowers. Well, maybe it's the Changing Garden of Spring Flowers. <laughs> and uh, number eight... C A N A D A. C A N A D A Canada? Yeah. Don't you confuse it with B A N A N A. Oh, it should have a Canada phone. That shit is bananas. Yeah, you're like, the Canada phone, you you, you answer it like, yeah. sorry. And they. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't talk. My phone is a banana. Oh, there's five more, sir. Okay. Are we killing time? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, Michael, row the boat. Ugh. Ass. 
yes. and then dot dot dot. Just put sure. <laughs> like that. The, uh, okay. Yeah. Number 10, First Peoples. Good stuff. Okay. Number 11, D Myth. D E E Myth. Okay. Number 12. D double E? D double E Myth. M I T H? Yeah, it's the myth of D Snyder. Oh, M Y T H. sister. Okay. Uh, Cowlit Knight is number 12. Number 13, The Gorilla Song. Oh, that's related to bananas. It does feel like it. Yeah. Like it feels like there's a connection there. Yeah, sure. Number 14, Simple Gifts, like a banana for a Wait, gorilla. Wait, isn't that the second simple song? Ooh. Simple people or something? Simple? No, there wasn't simple people. Oh. Were you thinking slow day? <laughs> I know. Is that what you were confiding? I thought we already had like, a simple something. Like, I thought okay. there was already a song with simple in the title. Okay. Simple gorilla, I guess. Then down by the riverside. Down okay. by the riverside. And then 16. Yeah. The, okay, this 16 is... 16 songs. Yeah. Wow. Uh, original hits, original stars. Yes. Do, 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 um, number 16. That's the way. Mm-hmm. The Schmengi Polka. Whoa, a little yeah. talk about a Canadian little, uh, reference. A little uh, Canadian there. A little yeah. uh, Eugene Lovey, uh, John uh, Candy, maybe. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. oh, that's great. Okay. So uh, here's the thing about the banana phone. Yeah. Okay. It's a phone with, fill in the blank. Yeah. What is it? What's What's great about it? It's a phone with... The banana phone. Yeah, is it's it, yeah. It's a phone, phone with, with, and I'm fill, fill in the blank. Phone with, with fun appeal. Oh, why didn't I think of that? You should dumb, dumb of me. That's right. Dumb and uh, and they talk about the binocular. The vernacular. The binocular. Oh, the binocular. Yeah, there you go. Oh man, I feel like I'm talking to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Speaking of words now. Oh boy. So anyway, that's uh, that's Rafi's banana phone. Thanks for listening to the Sneaky Dragon uh, listening party. Uh, that was our a bunch of... No, we didn't do that. That's not what we're doing this time around. You know, that kind of, I don't know why that reminded me of this, but um, there, was a, there was a flautist named James Galway. All right. And uh, this is a long time ago. I remember they would show me this when uh, Reminiscing Records. That's how long ago this was. But And he had done an album where he performed a version of Paul Schaefer's viewer mail theme on like a, just oh. a normal album. Isn't that odd? Oh, Okay. Yeah. That's pretty the, good. By the way, I think I've been calling them Sherry, Lois, and Braun when it's, uh, it was Sherry, Sharon, Lois, and Braun. Sharon. Sorry about that. Sharon, Lois, and Apologies. Apologies all around. Apologies to Everybody. you, dear listener, for us misinforming you for all these years. Yeah, sorry about that. It's Sharon, Lois, and Braun. Lois and Braun. I might have been confusing, uh, it was the, uh, Sherry Lewis. Yes. Sherry Lewis. Who did and a show Braun. in the same yeah. uh, TV studio yeah. as them. Sherry Lewis and Broom. No, Lamb Chop. And her puppet. That's a cruel name. Lamb Chop? Yeah. Why? Because you're calling the, you know, you're calling the lamb by a food. <laughs> a food made from it? Food made from it. So we yeah. just don't say that, though. What? You don't tell the lamb that. You don't think the lamb's going to know that, like what lamb chops no. are? She seemed pretty... You don't think the lamb's ever going to Google it itself? <laughs> and then the first thing that comes up is a meat? <laughs> Google me. Mm-hmm. Google lamb chop. Yeah. She'd have to know how to spell. I wonder if anyone's talking about me. Oh, all these people really like me. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Oh, my God. There's a food na- with the same name as me. I wonder what it's made out of. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's made out of me. <laughs> And, and, you know, because the puppet thinks it's a lamb. Yes. But it doesn't. Oh, I wonder if the puppet was made out of uh, sheepskin. I wonder if there was any, like, uh, wool and stuff. It was actually made out of lamb. I don't think so. No, probably not. 
It might be pretty complicated. Yeah, it's like the, it there like was way the, too much effort. For there it. was the lamb chop was uh, the lamb, mm-hmm. and then there was the uh, horse, uh, Charlie horse. horse. Yeah, Charlie horse. Yeah, his name, and he googles himself. Yeah, painful cramp. <laughs> yeah, and then and, think, and then the Charlie other was there was a like da- a, a damage. There was a yeah. dog, yeah. and the dog's name was Fuckface. And I was like, "Well, that's <laughs> terrible." That's also yeah, that was pretty terrible. And the only reason, yeah. That she named him Fuckface. Yes. Is because it's so difficult to say when you're doing ventriloquism. Oh, bad. That was a real challenge. People are really impressed. It was a real challenge. Like, try. Like, just without moving your lips, say Fuckface. Fuckface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can. And that's why it sounded like Duckface. (laughs) Yes. And everyone was fine with it. Everyone got along. They didn't realize. They didn't look at the uh, name in the credits. No. If they had, they would have seen it says Fuckface. (laughs) Yes. Played by Sherry Lewis. Yeah. Sherry Lewis. And Bram. No! What? Oh, so many of them have passed away since now. I feel oh. bad about it. Oh, it's That's okay. what they get for eating apples and bananas. Huh. What's wrong? I'm just noticing that uh, one of uh, Sharon Lewis and Brahms' songs, um, oh, One Elephant, uh, Deux Elephants, uh, appeared in the uh, Adam Sandler movie, Billy Madison. It's because he shot it here in Canada, I guess. I don't know if he did. I don't think he shot Billy Madison in Canada. He didn't? I don't think so. I think they shot it in Toronto. Well, you know. You're entitled to your opinion. Because they mentioned it on uh, David's on that Fly on the Wall. Oh, fine. Oh, has he been on Fly on the Wall? <laughs> no. Well, yes, he has. There was a live one with him on it, but I haven't listened to it because I don't like live Oh, you're episodes. right. It was shot in Ontario. Ha! <laughs> All right. I was just like the tuneless, tuneless whistling. <laughs> I think I would have like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, you know, no, it's tuneless. <laughs> I would like to see, by the way. An album from you just called Tuneless Whistling. I could, I could fill an album with it, for sure. That's me at work, walking around just whistling. Song number nothing. five, Mouthful of Crackers. <laughs> Can you whistle? Can I whistle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, because you were... Oh, all right, all right. I believe you now. Because at first you were like, I'm going to whistle, and then you're like... I know. I had very dry lips. Oh. Sink ships. They do. Oh, my God. This is the problem when we do two in a row, <laughs> right? Like, we do not have the energy. We're, we're both, like, so close to falling asleep. But we feel we yeah. have to deliver yeah. uh, the goods Quality. to our, uh, like, lovely listeners. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they they come here to, like, kill, like, two hours. And yeah. by God, we're going to kill two hours. Okay. The, and thank goodness, yeah. we've got, like, uh, and we're not getting to it yet. We yeah. will. Yeah. We've got, like, three letters. That's going to kill, like... <laughs> 15 two minutes two hours yeah they're, both, they're all long they're all nice and long it's yeah nice good. Long and I, I got a, i got an email you got an email as well yeah 20 minutes we're fine. <laughs> we're fine we just got to fuck around for five more fucking minutes <laughs> like we've talked about chuppa chups yes. uh chuppa chups yeah uh you you suck it yeah yeah you know, whatever it is <laughs> whatever it was, yes. we've gone through like banana yes. phone oh boy yeah we've gone through we've gone through it all it's all fine um, but yeah, I used to work for Sharon Lois and Brown. Though it was very surreal because uh, I, I they honestly paid you in bananas. That, that, why would they? That's Raffy Bucks. Oh, sorry. They're the Elephant Show. Okay, paid you an elephant. Elephant dung. <laughs> but it's the hardened kind that burns. <laughs> okay, well that's that's handy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so here's the thing: when I worked on Sharon Lois and Brown, yeah, I would uh, get called into meetings. Okay, I'd go to the meetings. Yeah. Um and uh, listen to things and then they I'd pitch ideas sure and I'd send the ideas in yeah uh, I'd sometimes get money 
I never saw the ideas on the air, but I did see my name on the air. And I'm like, was this idea ever changed into something and just like the smallest element of it remained? Yeah. And that's why they have to pay me? Or were they just pitying me? Or I've got no idea, honestly, if I ever had anything on the air. (laughs) But my name is on a substantial amount of uh, the Skin and Marink shows. Okay. I don't know. It's so surreal. Huh. You know, yeah, that is weird. Very weird. I don't know if I was on the show, but I, but maybe. So, but they paid you. I guess. I think. I think I got some money. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't. It's very weird. <laughs> I just remember there was one guy who was like a, a semi-famous writer. Okay. And he was he was there on the team, and he would just always be rocking back and forth, like he would be like cross-legged on the ground, and be rocking back and forth, and would just be like. St- Stop it! But like, <laughs> you know, I was I wasn't sure whether you could stop it or not. So you can't say that to yeah, someone. Just like yeah. I can't because I've got a physical thing. Yeah, like like a disorder. Like how dare you call it a disorder? I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking? Are you just a rocking dude? I don't know. I don't know. Go do some semi-famous work. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, oh, here's something. Please. <laughs> Oh, Dave, we're out in the fishing boat, and I just keep coming up with just boot, boot. Okay, go ahead. Um, before we left on on the before we left, I really wanted to see the movie Amsterdam. Okay, and so Lisa and I went and saw it together, and uh, I really liked it. I know it's gotten mixed reviews, but I feel like the people who mixed reviewed it are wrong. Okay. I think it's quite quite a good film. What are people saying that you disagree with? I don't know. I only, I only heard that. Okay. I heard it's getting what mixed reviews. What would you say to sell me on it? Why should I go see it? What would I say to sell you on it? And why yeah. should you go you see it? You should see it. You know why? You should see it. Because I really liked it because the performances are excellent. Yeah. It's got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie. Chris Rock. Chris Rock is in it. Uh, John David Washington. I think that's his name. John David Washington from Tenet. Okay. Uh, Denzel Washington's son. Um, it has guy who played Freddie Mercury in, in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Okay, it has Anya Taylor Joy. It has so it's Rami Rami. Uh, yeah, Rami Merrick. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Um, it has like it has a lot of people in it. it has Andrea Riceboro, I think her name is. Okay. It's it's um it's a very good film. It's very eccentric. Like it's a very quirky movie. Like. It doesn't feel like it's a real world. It's like a made-up world. Okay. Apparently, it's based in like a real thing. In fact, at the end of the film, they they show you the actual person speaking, uh, the p- part that's played by Robert De Niro in the film. Oh, cool. Okay. So it does have some historical uh, truth, but I think the story itself is made up. But it's kind of made up around this historical ac- actuality. But I enjoyed it because, yeah, because the characters are a lot of fun. So you like the characters, you know, Christian Bale, they're all, Bale and Washington are two people who met during World War One, like fighting in, in oh, fighting in France. And then Margot Robbie was a nurse that treated them after they were injured. And so they became kind of as thick as thieves from that. And you kind of detail their, their, their background. And then you, and then the movie takes place in, in a, in a, in the present day. So you, that, you know, that stuff's kind of flashback to you. And then we see their story that's happening now. And they're a little bit older and a little bit, things have changed. And, you know, uh, but Christian Bale is so good in it. So very good in it. Oh, cool. That, uh, like, he just inhabits. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. You know, like, 
apparently he he couldn't be around Chris Rock on the set because Chris Rock would make him laugh too hard. Okay, and it was dis- disturbing his character, like because he's a method actor, not a not an obnoxious setting people pigs way, but uh, he's you know he just inhabits a character and he stays in that character during the duration of the film, sure. and to, and then you know like yeah, someone was talking about working with him, they said like he's not like a method actor where if you like ask him a question he pretends he doesn't know who you are <laughs> you know he just talks in that character until the movie's done and then he lets that character go because it's not just the voice it's the mannerisms it's sure. his way of walking he changes everything about himself that's to suit this sort of character that he's playing in the film and it's true like he really does sort of inhabit that that role and it's it's quite fun to see and he's is very good in it it's it's um it's a david o russell film i know he's kind of controversial um it's one of those directors where people either love working with him or hate working with him. It seems. Or I've seen the clip where he yells at Lily Tomlin. And Who like, has defended him about that and said, you know, she yelled at him too. That's just yeah. not on. That's not on camera. Right. Me yelling first and him yelling at me. Right. You know, and he says, you know, families fight, and when you're on a set, it's a family thing. And they said, would you? They said, but you would never work with him again. She goes, no, I would work with him many time. I love doing that movie. So she said, it was just a complicated film. It is a comp. It was I Heart Huckabees, which is yeah. a very, to me, a very hard to understand movie. Like it's it's some sort of thing you watch and you go, I guess I'm entertained, but what is going on? <laughs> um, like it's interesting because he was he was um, promoted by Film Thread way back in the day for spanking the monkey, and I remember seeing that film and liking it quite a bit. And then it just felt like he kind of disappeared for a while, mostly because I you know I had other things on the go. I had. You know, Mary came and stuff like that. So sure. life. But then, um, then he did Three Kings with uh, George Clooney. I think Mark Wahlberg's in that. Is he? I can't uh, remember who. Spike, is Spike Jones in that? I think. In Three Kings, with I think the, so. Let I don't see. remember now. But um, apparently, Clooney and he did had a bit of a set to during the right um, where oh, uh, Russell tried to headbutt George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney strangled him. So I guess. I guess uh, sometimes tempers run high during uh, okay. these things. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe don't do that. <laughs> I think that. Spike Jones. Okay, yeah. Spike Jones. Is yeah, in George it. Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, Ice Cube, Spike Jones, Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn. Huh? That's a surprise one. Jamie huh. Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Huh. Okay, fair. Well, well, so I knew that. Uh, I thought Mark Wahlberg was in it. So that's interesting. Because by, by the way, if you were doing hmm. that uh, that Doug loves movies game, and yeah, you were doing the reverse thing, and you were told. It's a movie. It's 1999. Oh, okay, all right. And uh, this, and uh, we're gonna give you the uh, the the bottom uh, stars of it. Yeah, and it's Jamie Kennedy. Okay, okay Mask right. Two. Nora Dunn. Oh, wait a second. Um, Spike Jones. What? Like, yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> Ice Cube. Oh, oh my God. What? <laughs> what yeah. kind of crazy movie is this? But it's, it's interesting because okay, in that movie, so George Clooney has a battle royale with David O. Russell. Never, 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 will never work with him again, although apparently they buried, buried the hatchet. Um, but Mark Wahlberg works with him again on The Fighter, which is an excellent, excellent movie. Um, now, apparently, Amy Adams did not enjoy working with him. Okay. She said it was very difficult to work with. She's done two movies with him, though. She did The Fighter, as, and also she also did American Hustle, which is one they disagreed on. Um, uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence has done, like, three movies with him. Mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper's done two. Like it is kind of it's kind of weird when people say, "Oh, Mark Wahlberg's actually done three movies because he is also in I Heart Huckabees." Okay, 
So it's just kind of weird when people say, oh, he's really difficult and no, no one gets along with him. And then you're like, but there's all these actors that he's worked with over and over again right. that keep coming so, back and working okay, with him. Though, to, to, you know, to be fair, to said actors, uh, this is hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, which yeah. really does grease the wheels. <laughs> I'm sure it of, does. Like, you know. I'm sure it does. I, but I was watching, um, I enjoy those little things they do, uh, uh, those little Vanity Fair, you know, talk about your career things. And I was watching one with uh, Christian Bale because I find him kind of an interesting character and he was saying that uh it's interesting working with russell because he'll he'll he's very he's in a lot he's moving a lot during the scene like you're acting the scene and he'll sometimes be like below the camera level with you in the scene Mm. and he'll be like whispering lines to you that he wants you to say to try to incorporate into the scene or he'll be and then suddenly he'll be back behind the cameras again and he'll be <laughs> gesticulating wildly and making all these motions. And then he'll, he'll be shouting things at you, you know, and, uh, and he said, um, when they were doing Amsterdam, Russell came, uh, Russell came up to him and said, um, he said, yeah, there's a few people who are looking a bit shell shocked. So if you could maybe talk to them and describe what we do, like how we do this, yeah. you know, that'll kind of help them, I think. And so, yeah, he said, it's just, you have to get kind of used to that because it's very, it's almost like silent film, like in the sense that it's it's a very noisy set, and there's a yeah. lot of stuff being being thrown around, and a lot of ideas that are coming at you when you're trying to act. And but Bill said, I really like it because it's it's almost like improv, and I'm just kind of like you're in the flow of the scene, and you just kind of go with with all the suggestions, and you keep kind of shaping it as you go. And that sounded kind of sounded kind of interesting, actually. But he, no doubt, he is a he's a he is a that Russell is talented, but a obviously a troubled yeah. person yeah there's no there's no need for that kind of yeah he seems like the kind of guy who would like tug at your ear <laughs> yes yeah. well, i don't want to try and headbutt me but I, I went to a movie uh yesterday i'll yeah. tell you the movie in a second sure but uh while i was there i'm there and i'm uh and uh it's one of those ones with the reclining seats yes okay so the reclining seats start going up mm-hmm. for everybody in the theater oh this is like we're getting near like the three quarter of the mark in the movie, and all the all the reclining seats go up, then they go down, then they go back up, then they go down, and I think I should tell someone about this. Yeah. So I, I leave and I go to oh, good luck. I, good I, luck with that. I, I talk to the first person, the person I see, who's the guy behind the counter, yeah. selling soda pop. Yeah. And uh, I say, yeah, the seats are doing this. Really? That sounds like ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, who should I talk to about this? I was like, you should talk to the manager over there. So I go over to the manager and uh, I'm like, yeah, the seats are doing this. Huh. <laughs> think ghosts? Really? Like, no, I don't think ghosts. <laughs> and then he like, uh, goes over to his boss. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, seats are, uh, so saying, seats are going up and down. Oh, geez, is that ghosts? <laughs> like, <laughs> all three of you had ghosts? That's your first go? That's your go-to. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, they, they fixed them or did an exorcism or some such. Yeah. but uh, Okay, let me just ask you a question. Were all of these people saying this younger than you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a bunch of ding-dongs. Yeah. <laughs> do you think, I know, you're just like, do you think the ghosts were like, like it's a lot of ghosts watching the movie at the same time and they all decided to put their legs up? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's, your, what's, your, what's, yeah, your, yeah. what's your thing here? What is this ghost doing? Also, this is a very new building. Was it like Morse code? Was it like... Slow, fast, fast. Oh, that's slow, a good point. Slow, fast. Trying to say who murdered them. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, here's here's the problem too. Yeah. It's like this was the Park, uh, I guess Park Royal, like whatever sure, the North sure. Van Park Royal. Yeah. Thing. That's a fairly new theater, right? Pretty new. Yeah. Like who's died in there? <laughs> 
Like, has someone be surprised? Has someone died in there? Yeah, since? a lot of people. Because like, because the immediate response is ghosts. Yeah, just like, and not just ghost. Yeah. Yes. Like so, ghosts. multiple people have like. Well, you reported multiple chairs going up and down. So ghosts yeah. is the uh, you know multiple ghosts is obviously like. Yeah, I guess that's the situation. But it were was, you watching uh, Thirteen Ghosts? Yeah, they were showing it again. Yeah. It was their anniversary. It was the twentieth anniversary of Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, but you're talking about the remake. Let's talk about the original one, which is a black and white film, a William Castle production, okay. with a skeleton that came out of the screen towards the audience. Ooh. Yeah. That must have freaked people out. That was his goal. Okay. Unless it was doing like a whole bunch of... You know, he did that movie, The Tickler. Yeah, Tingler. Tingler. I'm sorry, The Tingler. And I had like... Oh, the the Tickler shot. was a different movie. <laughs> yes. It was a person, was a porno person movie sitting either. behind you in the theater tickling you. Yeah. Ugh. I'm not touching keep you. Your, I'm not touching you. Keep your hands to yourself, sir. So I saw uh, Real Fast. Yeah. Because, you know, we got letters to read and we're both falling asleep. <laughs> uh, I saw Black Adam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have no no urge. I'm, I'm not a okay. No, first, no, first, no, there's no need. Not a fan of the Rock. Okay, I, not a fan. Of the you rock. can put him in some things, and it's fine. Uh, and He's kind of like um, I, I like him, but the guy who plays Peacemaker, John Cena, grotesque. And I feel that way about the Rock as well. They're, you feel that John Cena's grotesque? Yeah, they're both grotesque. Like they're mean? just like so lumpen and huge and oh, okay. and weird looking. They're just like not. They've like misshapen gargoyles that are on on screen okay in front of you they're muscle men yeah do you think lou ferrigno is grotesque no i think that they're more balanced looking like I how think... about uh arnold schwarzenegger no because i like weightlifting was different then okay like now it's like a it's it's kind of like dog breeding you know like at one time dog breeding like if you like bred your dog and you took them to a show it was just like a normal kind of thing yeah. they're, they're just normal dogs but now they all look like they're the dogs have like some kind of well, case they're of not palsy. Uh, they're not um you know, yeah. uh, muscle men. Like, I mean, they're muscle men. But they're not... Uh, what the hell is the name for them? Uh, but they're wrestlers. They're wrestlers, yeah. 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 So they're wrestlers who like... Take and they also take a lot of steroids and things. And so they have like this... Have, uh, yeah. They have this like, exaggerated awfulness to them that I find... Okay. I find off-putting. Eh, I don't care. I've written um, I've written letters about it, and they haven't responded. But I'm just trying to give them some <laughs> advice. Look, dear, dear Here's sir, some career advice. You you look awful. Get get smaller. They both seem nice. Be people. more normal looking. They seem nice people, and what? Yeah, yeah. I have nothing against him. I I like I like John Cena. He seems like a very nice guy. He's yep. super generous. Apparently, he's like the most uh, like uh, make a wish appearance like appearances or he like things. Make make a wishes because he's he's healthy. Should let the kids have those. <laughs> does he really hog yeah. like a lot of make a wishes? He does. He pushes kids out of out of windows and takes takes their place. Oof! I know. Also, still, he's, he's kind of he's kind of grotesque looking, but he's good. He's a good actor. He's good in Peacemaker. Right? He's good in Peacemaker. He's good in uh, Blockers. Good, good for them. Um, but here's here's the thing. The uh, speaking of Peacemaker, uh, you know the. <laughs> You, you had your uh, The Suicide Squad, I guess. The Suicide Squad, yeah. yeah. And a good movie. Very good Enjoyable. Film. Yep. And you're like, DC's got it. They're back. Yeah. Then you had uh, the, the new Batman movie. Very good which movie. Which is not connected to the DC universe, but it's, you know, like... But it's a DC ah, movie. All right. Yeah, here movie. we go. Yeah. And so you're like, uh, okay, well, you know what? They've been working on this Black Adam for a while. Uh-huh. Like, they've been working on Black Adam since 2008. They've been really wanting to oh, do this since then. That's a good. That's a good sign. They know. They know what they're doing. And, sure. You know, I heard. I heard rumors of a cameo that was like that. Sounds like that'd be an interesting cameo. And uh, so I'm watching the movie. Yeah. 
it's back to the old shit. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just you don't care. Like they just don't care. They just yeah. don't care. Yeah, they just don't care. <laughs> like this, first, this movie will write itself. The trailer made me go, "Hey, does he forget that he was in the Scorpion King and this was the plot of the Scorpion King, which was like old timey days? Yeah, and something bad happens in old timey days, and so you end up like in modern days. And that was when he was. Uh, it's like okay, fine, but." But yeah, never know, seen it. Black Adam shows up. Yep. And uh, you know, and there's a kid who like really Isn't like, he a villain, like a Shazam yeah. villain? Yeah, he's a Shazam villain. Okay. The idea in the comics is before uh the wizard gave powers to Captain Marvel back yeah. when he was Captain Marvel. Yeah. He gave him to a guy called Teth Adam. Uh and Teth Adam was like his hero, like the hero in the ancient Egypt. But then Teth Adam became uh, corrupt mm. and wanted to rule things and then uh, the wizard had to f- f- fool him and took his powers away. Okay. And then, so there you go. So he's the dark version of Billy Batson. Yeah. Not in this. He's just a guy who kills a lot of people and everyone goes, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> There's like a woman there who's, uh, who's always saying like, you know, he can do what needs to be done because, you know, he doesn't have, you know, the, he's got a, the darkness in him allows him to do what you can never do. And he's, she's pointing to like heroes, you know, like, what are you talking about? What, what, kind of, what are you fucking talking this about? Is this a Trump movie? I guess so. And, and the weird thing is she's got a son. Yeah. And the son is a big superhero uh, fan. Sure. He's got all the posters on the wall and yeah. everything. It's just like. As one does. Yeah. As, not, as, not as one does. Yeah. But as the movie Shazam does. <laughs> Where like if you saw the movie Shazam. Yeah. Billy Batson moves in. With a kid, Freddie Friedman, yeah. who's like a big fan of all the super... So it's like, oh, we're doing a parallel here. Yeah. We're doing a parallel. No, no. Like, this movie <laughs> in no way ever acknowledges that there was, like, a Shazam movie, huh. which is so strange. He says Shazam, which is the name of the other guy. No <laughs> connection there at all. Another superhero does show up near the end, but it's not Shazam, okay. even though it would 100% make sense if it was Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you had uh, Dr. Fates there and you got Hawkman and, and two others that you're like, I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> but Hawkman. Seriously, you didn't know who the. I did. Oh, okay. Because I'm a, I'm a super nerd, yeah, so yeah, I know who yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. There was one thing. There was one character called Adam Smasher who used to be in a comic called Infinity Inc., who was oh, one yeah. of like um, Todd McFarlane's first gigs. Okay, okay. Uh, but one thing I did like was that. Uh, he was a legacy uh, hero, so like his uh, father or grandfather uh, had the suit and powers before him, and that person was played by uh, Henry Winkler. So that was neat. okay. Yeah, like, Henry Winkler fun. was a superhero back in the day in this universe. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Can't yeah. do anything with that. Now we're not doing anything with that. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> Why would you? But you got this guy Hawkman. Well, you got the Rock in the movie. You got to have everything has to be about him. Yeah, nothing hurt. Oh fuck, nothing hurts him. Nothing does nothing. There's, there's a, at one point you, you almost get like a little bit of uh, his version of kryptonite, but it's like when he gets kryptonite, he's like, oh, and then like he just like heals it up instantly, like whoa, what a threat! <laughs> Nothing hurts him, so who gives two shits? Yeah, but you got Hawkman there, and Hawkman's uh, thing argument with him is, you know, uh, you 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 got to be a hero. People need a hero. Like I'm no hero. Like, okay, fine. But you got to be a hero. But heroes don't kill. Yeah. Okay. A couple problems. One, Hawkman's weapons are a gigantic axe. And I don't know what he's using this for. 
Like he was hitting people with the flat of it. <laughs> but his other weapon, which he constantly has, yeah. is a mace yes. with razor spikes. Um, I was just like, what are you using that for? <laughs> what does that do? Yeah. Don't. We don't kill. <laughs> we do things by the book. That's by the book? What book? What are you talking about? By the book. Fucking Hawkman nonsense. Who plays Hawkman in the movie, by the way? Uh, some guy. Oh. Also, he's working with uh, Amanda Waller. Who is? Black Adam? Hawkman. Hawkman's working with Amanda Waller. Hawkman, Hawkman's working with Amanda Waller. <laughs> yeah, Hawkman's working with Amanda Waller. First thing, like, they've turned her into... Nick Fury, basically. Yeah. But, like, Amanda Waller... We just saw a shot of shooting people in the back. Yeah, she shoots people. She shoots the people she works with. Um, She blows up heads. She's like, heroes don't kill. Your fucking friend <laughs> is, is, runs the Suicide Squad. Hey, also, that. have you met yeah. the DC Universe? Um, You know, Superman snaps next. Batman kills and maims and tortures... And Wonder Woman slaps her wrists together and blows up uh, people in front of, like, a bunch of little girls. Like, what the shit are you talking about, Heroes Don't Kill? What movies were you watching, Hawkman with the razor axe and the shit? What's, what the fuck are you talking about? My razor axe is for shaving. Yeah, makes makes no sense whatsoever at all. <laughs> and nothing affects him, and he really has no emotions through the whole thing. And well, that's a rock. He's not, and, not and, much. And who gives... Not much of an actor. And who gives two shits? Yeah. And there's a twist that happens in it, but the twist was shown in the trailer. So I was like, what are you doing? And then, you know, big big old uh, big old uh, cameo at the end. You're like, okay, I guess, but it would have made a lot more sense with Shazam! Because you look like Shazam. You're dressed like Shazam. You say Shazam, but we're never bringing up Shazam. That's weird. That's weird. It's like you if you do a Bizarro movie and you never bring up like Superman at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no one no one brings that up. I could see them doing that actually. Doing a Bizarro movie with no without, Shazam. Without Superman. Without no uh yeah. Superman. And I and I think that's part of the the reason for this film too is that they they're just trying to like have it be separate from the Shazam situation because that's its own thing. Yeah. They're not trying to make a universe. I mean, maybe James Gunn will change this when he's when he's got the power. I have the power. I think they are trying to make a universe because they have the Justice Society in this thing. They have Amanda Waller in this. Well, yeah. I mean, there's obviously some bleed over, but I don't... By the way, they have a scene. I'll just throw this out. There's a scene where they lock like Adam up uh, at like in this facility uh, because he's too dangerous. And so they put a mask on his mouth and... He's underwater and in suspended animation. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But then you see there's like, uh, you know, a couple of dozen other uh, beings that are uh, in the same situation. And I didn't realize that uh, that one of the people that was like running this was a person from Peacemaker. The blonde woman from Peacemaker. Oh, okay, she's, okay. I believe she's in this. Yeah. But it's like, oh, so. Sean Gunn's wife. So, is that right? Oh, that's nice. Um, Sorry, not Sean. Uh, James Gunn's wife. Oh, also nice. Uh, so uh, they can just like you know, hold people in suspended animation and do this, and that's cool, and we're all cool with this, and all the heroes know that this is a thing, and that's <laughs> fine. Because that's a pretty big fucking awful thing. Yeah. Okay, fine. And these are the good guys, and uh, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you? What is this? What is not that? On? Isn't that what modern comics are like now? How so? This kind of like thoughtless cruelty. 
Eh, I think that's uh, a little while ago. I think I think modern comics, unfortunately, are you talking like Marvel and DC or what are we talking? Yeah, yeah, about? well, okay, whatever. I mean, whatever Mar- these people are drawing from, it feels okay, like Marvel and DC comics right now are drawing from. Uh, Marvel is like, hey, remember Secret Wars? And uh, and, uh, and and DC literally has yeah. just been going. Hey, remember Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, for like the last ten fucking years. Just like remember that, remember that. What if we reboot the universe and there's this and it's all it's all new? Remember? Because the one thing we didn't do with Crisis was we didn't start with issue number ones for all of the all the comics, and we regret that. What if we did that? What if we did that again? Who cares? Just like just move forward with your stories. Move yeah. forward with your stories. Yeah, you know, and same thing with like Marvel. Marvel's just like remember Glory Day. Remember, remember the Dark Phoenix saga. How about uh, how about we have like five phoenixes? I don't know. Is that five times better? What the fuck? Who cares? <laughs> just move forward. Go go forward. Stop it. Yeah, but remember, remember Secret Wars. Remember, Oof. Uh, blah. Is that? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Hum, indeed, David. I'm just thinking like. I was thinking about Chris Claremont because you're talking about Dark Phoenix, and I was just okay. thinking, but if you went back and read that, would it be feel would it be as good as it seemed at the time, or would you be kind of like, eh, this is okay? How do you mean, sorry? Like Claremont's Dark Phoenix saga, would it right. be would it hold up now? What's or the if, context? I mean, this is the problem. Is like at the time you thought it was Jean Grey, like you thought it was this character who's been around since the first X Men, yeah. Yeah. And she was being corrupted. Yeah. And then she was so corrupt that she, she got all this power and she ended up doing something unforgivable. Now what do you do? Yeah. Like, the it's not a villain that did something unforgivable. It's one of the heroes. And a hero that's, like, been around since the start, since the 60s. Yeah. What do you do? She's She just destroyed a planet mm. of innocent people. Yeah. What do you do? And you got to figure that that's, like, real stakes. Yeah. But then, you know, over time, it's just like, okay, it wasn't really her. The real her was at the bottom of the ocean. And this was just a cosmic force. And uh, it's a cosmic force that does all this stuff. And sometimes it visits. Uh, yeah. Well, then see, who gives a shit? Well, and, that's and the Jean's thing, right? back. Yeah. Well, but now Gene's got the power again. But now it's Gene with the power. Well, who gives a shit? You've done it already. Yeah. It's all done. It's all been done. Move forward. Whatever the next story is. Have you got a rogue story? Have you got a storm story? Yeah. Why haven't you seen a really good storm story? Or like, there have been some good storm stories. But like, why don't... You know, throw the focus on her or something. Well, that that what you described there is kind of my my feeling, of, my complaint about the abyss is that idea of you give us a story and now you're taking it away from us. Like, yeah, like where's the why? What like where all those emotions that I felt for the situation? They're yeah, just all invalidated now. Yeah, own what you've done. And yeah, that's my problem yeah. with like Spider Man. Yeah, is like he's married, but wait, but uh, the devil uh, yeah. has taken away that marriage and no one remembers it anymore. Well, well, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, you know you can't just. I mean, that's the thing. Or, or I mean, if you don't, if the marriage was a dumb idea, or you feel like it's, you've kind of made a cul-de-sac, then make it real world. He gets divorced. He deals yeah, he gets with a divorce. He deals with that. That's you know, like the whole idea of Spider-Man is that it, his life's a pile of shit, except when he's Spider-Man. Yeah. And this is this more of shit that he has to, has to wade through through his life because Spider-Man is such a complicated thing to be, you know? And I know the the reason for that was they didn't want him to be divorced because that makes him too old. Mm. But it's just like, you. So, so instead, he's just forgotten he's married. Yeah. So now he can date other people. But we know he's forgotten he's married. Yeah. But he's married. He's just yeah. forgotten it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not good that he's dating these other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how you're going to solve this this mess. 
You've also created a situation with almost every hero that you've got in Marvel where there's a second version of them kicking around. Mm-hmm. Where like you've got Spider Man, but you've got like you've got Peter Parker, but you got Miles Morales. You've got you know Incredible Hulk, but there's other Hulks. There's like Amadeus Cho. There's all these other Hulks. You know, uh, Iron Man, and but there's also War Machine, but there's also Iron Heart, mm-hmm. but there's also all these other parallel. Like they're all, you just got copycats of all your characters. Yeah, and I know what you don't want to do is, which is what you should do, is like put them all in another world because unfortunately, then it would mean like the real Marvel world is all white dudes, and you just sent every person of color to another planet, yeah. and that's not a great look, Marvel. <laughs> I understand you've gotten yourself into some trouble here. Yeah, I'm not sure how you solve it, but how you don't solve it is like, how about Secret Wars again? No, it's not that. It's not that. Keep going backwards. Hey, remember? Remember how great that was? No, remember what you liked about the comics? Mm-hmm. You liked about the comics this was a world where anything could happen and you could do shit that DC would never do. Yeah. That was why it was interesting. And and Crisis was interesting because, holy shit, you're doing something I've never seen before. Now, what else would that be now? I don't know. Darn it we were talking about... I don't know if we were talking about it or if I was just thinking about it when we were at dinner. And I was thinking about some series of movies where a character dies and it's terrible, but then it's... Pre kind of pre set up that that character can come back again, you know, and but it's acceptable in that situation because you've pre you set up the fact that that's a possibility. Okay. It's not just done when the next movie starts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that's what you want to do, then you have to like kind of lay the pipe, may, lay the groundwork for this character for this happening. So when the character does die and you've invested all his feelings into this thing happening and the character comes back, you're like, okay, that was kind of like understood that this could happen or would happen you know or or it's interesting in um the marvel series where they've killed off zamora is that her name gamora gamora yeah gamora yep they killed her off yep you're sad whoops we're sad she's a good character yep and then they brought her back but they brought her back with a difference so it's there's a consequence to what's happened and consequences to such a degree that she's not even like in uh thor love and thunder with the other guardians, because apparently she is living her own life that has nothing to do with them. Yeah, and so that's that's an interesting result. So you get her back, but you don't get her back. Yeah, you know, and that's that's also interesting. But yeah, but just to me, making the audience, you know, feel so you know sadness or whatever, and go through all these emotions. The character dies, and then your response is fake out. Aliens have come to rescue him. It's all good. Don't worry about it, everyone. Phew! Lucky those aliens were in the movie. Yeah. Like here they are. They're smiling. They're waving to him. Oh boy! Isn't that great that he's okay? No, because you you presented me with the reality, the inescapable reality, the ineradicable reality that he's going to die. Yeah. And by making him not die, you've just made it ridiculous. Rather yeah, you've than made it, you've made it emotionally untrue. Yeah. And yeah. You can do whatever you want with uh, emotions. Sorry, you can do whatever you want, like fantasy wise, as yeah. long as it remains emotionally true. Yeah. They had a thing. Uh, I was watching um, a. Com- it was a you know a little comedy video. Sure. That I like called Pitch Meeting, and uh, and you know it's a guy pitching movies to an executive and uh, you know whatever. It's fun. It's funny stuff. Sure. And they were uh, uh, doing the sh- they were doing the She Hulk one. Okay. And uh, and you know they brought up something that uh, I've seen brought up before, which is. You know, um, when Hulk is training She-Hulk, yeah, and she gives him the speech 
about I can control my emotions because I've had to do it all my life because, you know, I've had to, I can't wear headphones walking, you know, yeah. outside. And, you know, if I, if I am uh, rude to the wrong person, I could get murdered <laughs> and this kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, so you don't understand what it's like. And that's why I can control my emotions more because I've, I've had to as a yeah. woman. Yeah. And people going, yeah, but you know, the Hulk. Uh, you know, he had this accident and he was pursued by the government and then he was a slave on another planet and he saved the world and he's done all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all fantasy stuff. Yeah. And she's saying something that's actually true yeah. from the real world. Yeah. So the real world stuff is always going to trump whatever. I know, but he's been through all this. The character has. You're correct. <laughs> but she's stating a reality. Yeah. And yeah. so that's always going to be more than than that. You know, yeah. it's just like, yeah. you know. Uh, well, But I mean, even like this. Let me just say, please. because their argument is the Hulk matured and control his emotions. So he had to go through all those stages. Yeah, he did. She doesn't because she her whole life was those stages. Yeah. You know. It, whether you know, in both cases, they grew and changed. He through his experiences and and her through her experiences. They're both different experiences, though. It doesn't invalidate one or the other. Yeah, like, that's the problem with these arguments from people like this: is their desire isn't to validate Hulk's arguments. Her desire is to invalidate her experiences yeah. or women's experiences in reality, like because that's what they really are concerned about. They're concerned that these are uh, <coughs> these stories for women make men uncomfortable. Because men make women uncomfortable. And so we don't want to hear that, that we make women uncomfortable. And so we... Because that's not me. That's not me. You know, I'm a good guy. Yeah. I like women. I don't like them in movies. And I hate them when they're more powerful than men. And I don't like when they stop Poe from doing whatever he wants. But other than that, I'm a good guy. I love women. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of bullshit, you know, uh, self... Uh, what would it be? Self-conning? Scamming yourself? Yeah. That's the eighth scam from uh, Paris. Is the con con convincing yourself that you're that you're a good Excellent. guy? <laughs> All right, we're not going to top that. So let's go to letters. Going to the mailbag. Uh, let me just uh, refresh this because sometimes we get a last second letter, and then I don't want to uh, miss that. Did we get a last second letter? We didn't. Oh, uh, it's oh. fine. Last time we asked, "Have you ever been scammed before?" And do you have a bad travel story? Well, by gosh, we got a couple of letters here. One is from our friend uh, Edward uh, Dragansky. Hello, Ed. And uh, he says, I write tonight while still listening to your enthralling trip. What an adventure. I have to say I'm envious listening to your uh, trip in progress. Oh, you haven't gotten to the one part yet. Um, <laughs> I was scammed once in a really bad way. And looking back on it, I have to admit... That I had not, had I not been so greedy in the moment uh, of it happening, I wouldn't have fallen for the scam. It was New Year's Eve, 1991, and I was in a not so nice part of Dallas. A stranger approached me asking for help, saying he just arrived in the country, and if I could uh, help him, he'd pay me with a huge roll of money he had on him. <laughs> he said he needed to find a hotel to stay at, so we drove around for a bit until he suggested we stop at this big hardware store. I'm just picturing it's going to be no country for old men. <laughs> He's going to have a little thing. And just Went inside, got a, a propane tank. <laughs> yeah. And a cattle. A gun. cattle thing of Medusa. Cattle gun. What are they All right. Them? So a hardware store. He approaches another man and asks for help from him too. Little did I know this was his accomplice. Now I'm driving both men around when the first man asked me how much money I had and that he would uh, give uh, me his if he knew I could trust him with my money. 
We went to the bank at where I withdrew $1,500. What? My savings I was holding on to for an upcoming honeymoon. Uh, we then went to a nearby shopping area where uh, all he asked me for was to trust him with my money for a few minutes. Then he would pay me uh, his money for that trust. The second man assured me he wouldn't let anything happen to it and walked away with the first man around a building. Of course, they walked around a corner with all the money, and I never saw them again. Greed is a terrible thing, and all along I thought I'd double my 1500 this hun- this whole time. It was a professional mindfuckery at its finest, and I fell for it like a chump, a greedy chump. Dave is correct that when your mind starts racing uh, and you run through a gambit of fleeting feelings and what-ifs immediately afterwards. Uh, crazy thoughts of traveling back in time to stop yourself <laughs> or how to stop these men enter your mind. Yeah. I called the police and they met me at my apartment and eventually I visited their department to ID the men from a binder of photos. The police told me this maneuver was famously called a pigeon drop and I would likely never see my money again. These guys were probably half away to Houston by this time to prey upon another greedy chump. They also said I was lucky to have only lost $1,500 and that these scam artists usually got a whole lot more. Huh. Okay. Wow. Uh, I learned something that well, day. Well, that's terrible. Yeah, I learned something that day as I entered the new year, not to let greed drive you and that no one would ever part with the uh, nobody would ever part with that amount of money so easily. The only time I've ever traveled off the safe path was on a trip to Chicago to stay over in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. My brother and I took the wrong exit and drove into East St. Louis with a, on our way to the hotel. Trying to find the hotel, we strayed off the interstate into East St. Louis. Uh, which is Illinois, right over the Missouri state line. East St. Louis is known for being uh, the dangerous side of St. Louis. It looked like that scene with Tom Hanks and Melanie Griffith from the bonfire of the vanities, or maybe even Gotham City. We had to stop and call the hotel from a payphone to find out uh, where we went wrong. As we did this, we were getting noticed by some very scary locals. We uh, obviously didn't belong there. This hotel gave me directions, and we turned around and headed back to the Missouri state line, safely uh, to our hotel in St. Louis. I hope they were playing the Duke Ellington song, East St. Louis, Toodaloo. (laughs) I've never seen such a dangerous part of the city like that since. I'm heading back to listen to the rest of the latest episode. Thanks for sharing your exploits with all of us. I, for one, find it fascinating. Sneak back to Vancouver safely, guys. (laughs) Thank you, Ed. Thank you for your story, too. That's... That's all, it's brave to tell a story like that because you know, like my pickpocket story, you just don't look great. You look like a, you do look like a chump. That's unfortunate, but uh, those are the people. Chumps are the people they prey on, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I think I, I'm not a big blame the victim fan. Well, but. no, I'm not a fan of blaming the victim either. But I just you know you you know because you put yourself in that situation doesn't mean you deserve to be no, stolen not. from. That's that's the thing about it. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm just remembering, and this is, I've probably told this story before, but yeah, I was, uh, it was, uh, it was in Vancouver, it was near Marine Drive, and uh, the last bus, uh, I was, I was supposed to get like a bus, it was like on a Sunday, and uh, the buses just weren't coming. For some reason, buses just weren't coming. No, it's Sunday. Yeah, but that, like, the buses why. will eventually come, but like, they will run like, you know, every hour <laughs> and a half or, or two. Or yeah, yeah. So I have to go, and uh, I'm calling a friend to get a ride, and uh, there's a payphone over at uh you know this bar and so i go into the bar and uh, i'm using the payphone and uh, and trying to describe you know what the bar looks like because i'm going to get picked up from there and then i look like yeah there's an uh, there's an owl next to me 
Like what size? It's really big. It's a really big <laughs> owl. What do you mean? Well, why is it? Why is there an owl? I don't know why there's an owl. It's just a giant owl that's near the bar. Huh? I'm like, I'm like, wait a second. There's a sign. Oh, it's Big Hooter Night. <laughs> the strip club. And they actually had an owl. Yeah, it was an owl because it was like you know advertising Big Hooter Night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just a big. Uh, maybe, like, the, maybe the owl was actually a constructed big constructed owl. Yeah. Oh, he was. It was. It was in like it wasn't a real owl. No, it wasn't a real owl. Oh, okay. I thought the owl was actually like like a, fan. a live owl. Yeah, he's a fan for of Big Hooter Night. He's a fan of strippers. Woo! Loves you, baby. The whole time, he's like, "Where are the owlets? Woo! Do I have to blow to get a drink around here? Woo! <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta blow me. Yeah. Oh no! Woo, boy! The woo! World Health Organization says we should all still be masking up. Woo! Okay. Uh, our friend Louise. Oh, Louise. Hello, Louise. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, writes us and say, I got I got you something from um, uh, Paris, France. Uh, next time I see, you, I'll I'll give that to you. Um, Louise writes, I wasn't personally scammed, but the theater company. I, oh, I know this story. <laughs> I know this story, David, because I was in the theater company. Not much. I wasn't deep into the. Theater you weren't company. deep in the. I was just starting. To yeah, yeah. You just started out there. You were. But let me tell you. Yeah, I know this story. Okay. Starting again, I wasn't personally scammed, but the theater company I was working uh, box office for was. Uh, a business manager was hired uh, who had worked for another theater organization in town, so he wasn't vetted properly. He was kind of a chameleon and told different people different things to gain their trust. He claimed to have an MBA from Harvard, had flown fighter jets in Vietnam. He'd lived in Japan. He was a writer working on a spec script for The Golden Girls. He made a point of telling everyone he was gay. I don't know if he was or not, but due to the AIDS crisis, the arts community was being very supportive of the gay community. In those days, we were a strictly cash business, and I'd lock up thousands and thousands of dollars in the safe each weekend. But it turned out not much of that money was being deposited at the bank. Uh, the box hmm. office reports I'd fill in after every show went missing, too, so there wasn't any way to prove how much money was stolen, so the company didn't end up pressing charges. Uh, yeah, okay. There's a, there's other elements to that. Well, he also said he was writing the next uh, Star Trek movie. Oh, wow! Yeah, wow. that feels like an easy thing to check up on. Yeah, uh, but none of this was it the Wrath on. of Khan. C O N. But he, yeah, he fucked up. He also really enjoyed cocaine, which was uh, oh. you know not a great thing. Um, uh, and then he showed up uh, to a show, like we saw him in the audience, uh, during a show, and we're like, is that him? We're like, yeah, it is. And then uh, a fellow who was in the show, uh, uh, Mike, uh, tried to find him uh, during intermission. <laughs> he, I think he recognized that he was spotted. Yeah. Bucked off. Huh. It's weird. He came, came yeah, back. Yeah, it's weird that he... Yeah. I guess you're, aren't you, you're not but, supposed to visit the scene of the crime, are you? But maybe he couldn't resist But himself. that cat came back the very, very next, next day. day. The cat uh, came back. Worst experience he during... was the goner, but the cat, cat came, came back. back. And then he <laughs> fucked off away. Shouldn't run a cash business, so yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, worst experience was uh, times. during uh, a trip was running low on cash before I had a credit card on a road trip across Canada and uh, only being able to afford a room in a hotel over a dive bar in Bathurst, New Brunswick, <laughs> where a live rock band was playing "Hours Past Midnight." That's a good song. What's that? That's a good song. Okay, "Hours Past Midnight." 
Hours past midnight. Nine. We're going to keep Louise Moon up. <laughs> um, there we go. So uh, I, hope, I hope it's okay to say her last name. Uh, you've been on the show. Okay. Uh, Lisa. Uh, Lisa. You know Lisa. Uh, yes. She's okay. the, uh, I know her as, the uh, co-host of the popular podcast Horse Mysteries. There you are. Uh, I, I, I'm going to apologize now. Even though it's after, sorry we're late this week with horse mysteries, but uh, it's just been a busy week. It's, it's also week. it's also one of the hosts had a birthday. One of the hosts so had a birthday. So let's cut some slack. One of the hosts was uh, just returned from Europe. Yeah, the hosts spent the weekend together canoodling. Aww, it was a, it was a Canadian canoodling in uh, in Harrison, canoe. in Harrison Hot Springs. Spent a lot of time sitting in the hot springs. That's why they call you Mr. Canoodlehead. Nice. We'd sit in there for like an hour, then get out and look at us. And there's a sign there. After we spent like the whole weekend. Sitting for hours in a in this you know warm natural spring. Yeah, uh, we saw a sign that said recommended maximum time fifteen minutes. <laughs> now you tell us, I said, and I jumped into a bun and someone put mustard on me. <laughs> Lisa writes, "Hello, Lisa. Uh, I guess this one is a scam. It wasn't overly painful uh, for me or expensive for us, but it was still an uncomfortable situation for us. We were in L.A. and went to Melrose to hit a few shops." Coming out of one, as we walked uh, up to our car with BC plates, we were approached by this very big guy. He was towering over Dave, and Dave is a giant man, <laughs> uh, who got right in his space and asked him for $5 for a tomato. When Dave uh, tried to say no, another guy moved from the side. Uh, they had him bent backwards over the car. Dave had to cough up the money, and in return was handed uh, what was then a very crushed tomato. Apparently legal, not robbery or extortion, as goods were exchanged. It's true. They called them the catch-up bandits. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I've been approached a couple of times uh, with the, uh, my wife is in the hospital and I need money for a bus scam. I've all said no, but one time in Vancouver, when I was there with a friend as we were going to see a band at a nearby club, we had the same experience with being approached in the parking lot by a guy whose wife was apparently in the hospital in North Van. We brushed him off and left him in the parking lot with our car and other vehicles. After the show, I drove home. The next morning, I found I had a flat tire with a big nail in it. Coincidence? Who knows? I often thought no. And sitting on top of the car, a tomato. <laughs> Worst travel experience? For me, probably our trip to Italy, where we ran out of money trying to pay our entrance Oops. into the museum that was uh, that has Michelangelo's David. We didn't run out of money, but... Okay, it's just their card was maxed maxed out. So because we, I you know, I was putting the hotels and train tickets and all our food and everything that was going on in the same so all the same maxed, card maxed out. So I had to like phone the bank, and this is in the days before right. the internet. Phone the bank and just you know move money from our account onto the card and pay down some of the debt, and okay. then carry on spending. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there was a museum that has Michelangelo's David. Uh, Lisa, of course, has uh, Lisa's David. Um, <laughs> we didn't have enough money to pay uh, the very nominal entrance fee, and we still had to get back to France and spend a few more days there before returning home. After leaving the museum, we were out on the street and had to find a payphone. Dave then had to make some phone calls to do some long-distance banking, moving money over. Looking back, it was a pretty simple transaction that kept us out of the museum for a half an hour at most, and then we were back on track. We didn't starve and weren't publicly embarrassed in any way, but that hung over me like a black cloud for the rest of the trip. 
I lived in fear every time we went to pay for something. Fear that we wouldn't have enough money, that we wouldn't be able to get back to France, buy food, get to the airport, pay for the hotel. If it had just been us adults present, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. But we had two children with us. Fortunately, how are, how are their credit? Is that right? <laughs> uh, fortunately, none of my wildest bad dreams came to reality. No, it's fine. We just paid for all those things and then went home. Right. You could just like pay for it with a child, too. You just get, you got two. Yeah, had Give two them, them one. Yeah. It's surplus. Right. For another, and then you, you pick them up years later and they know French. <laughs> win win. They know French and oui, bitterness. Oui. Yes. Yeah. And ennui. And ennui. And they've learned to smoke. Yes. Drink wine. Uh, for another one uh, that wasn't catastrophic but quite overwhelming at the time. When I was nine, my mom took us uh, to the UK for the first time. My brother was seven. It was our first time in a plane. The flight from Vancouver to London usually takes eight to nine hours, but we had to make a stop in Edmonton first, making the flight a little longer. Then we got to London. The baggage handlers were on strike. I often wonder now if one of those guys was Freddie Mercury. Oh. Did he have to break free? Did he want to break free? Anyway, uh, we circled over London for what seemed like a day, but was probably an hour. Then got diverted to Frankfurt. We sat in the airport for a day. I s- fell asleep on a bench and ended up having an awkward moment when I uh, kicked out in my sleep and kicked some uh, Middle Eastern man who had fallen asleep on the bench right in the head. We both woke up with a start, sat there looking at each other for a while. I didn't know what to do. Finally, we got uh, to fly to London and took a taxi to the hotel. My brother was so tired by that time. He would uh, fall asleep uh, anywhere, fall asleep in a taxi. It was so hard to wake up. Then, uh, when we were taking the luggage out of the taxi, he lay down on top of the stone wall in front of our hotel and fell asleep again. Uh, when we got to the hotel, we were starving, but room service was closed because it was so late. But the hotel kindly sent up the world's best cheese sandwiches, some glasses of milk for us. Then it was the middle of the night, but uh, we were up, so we went for a walk. For some reason... We were walking uh, down what seemed to be uh, back alleys with big dumpsters outside of fast food restaurants. In particular, I remember Kentucky Fried Chicken. I remember thinking uh, that everyone was speaking what I thought was Italian. It was very disorienting, not my vision of what London was supposed to be, but also exciting for a little farm girl from the west coast of Canada. It's one thing, uh, talking with my wife about that, how the first time we went to London, we didn't hear a British accent for like hours. Huh. Because we got there late at night, so it was like, went cab driver, all the staff working at the hotel, uh, there's a couple other people in the lobby, and yeah, it was just a person after person after person, not not one person with a British accent. Interesting. Yeah. The next day, there's British accents. I'm like, hey, there you go. You only come out in the day. <laughs> if you go down there now, it's all British accents because of Brexit. Yeah. Whoops. Only British accents. So, do you have an email? I have an email to read. Lovely. If you wouldn't mind. Sure. Be quiet over there. Mm. Read something for a change. (laughs) Um, I actually have two emails to read. Oh my gosh, okay. So uh, this is from James. Gotta go down here. It's from James. All right. James says, uh, Hi, Ian and David. Just want to thank you for the lovely bumper sticker that arrived in the post today. It's the first letter I've ever received from Canada. And to celebrate, I ate a maple syrup crunchy nut bar. (laughs) It's very good. As for the bumper sticker, I opened it in front of my two-year-old, and his words were something along the lines of, It's so cute! The sticker now has pride of place in his bedroom, Aww. rather than on the car. That's that's even better, though. 
I hope you're having a lovely time on your on our side of the pond. I've been to Brussels twice as a teenager, but would love to go back again. If you do, go to the Hergé Museum. <laughs> all I remember was seeing the mannequin piece and spending all my allowance on chocolate. That is a little a statue of a little boy in, in Brussels who pees, by the way. Right. Quite famous. I don't know why. It's a little boy who's peeing. It's a big deal. I hope you both enjoyed the Hergé Museum and used your fame to get an extra special tour. We tried. We tried. Yeah, we yeah. We tried. But... Well, we explained what happened in uh, the most recent episode of Totally Tinted. Yeah. For Paris, apart from the obvious sights, I, I would take a visit to the Montmartre area. My wife and I stayed there and loved it. It's so vibrant and offers some amazing views of the city, especially at nighttime. That is all correct, and we were there in Montmartre. Indeed. Quite close to the cemetery. For the questions of the week or fortnight, one, I arrived at my mother's I, I arrived at my mother-in-law's a couple of months ago to hear my son talking about daddy's beer to her. Alarmed, she took me aside and asked me what he was talking about. I had to explain he was talk uh, sorry, I had to explain that he was referring to the tiger who came to tea book that I had read to him ah. the night before. Specifically the bit where the tiger drinks all of the dad's beer. <laughs> we both laughed, and that's the reason I can't have any beer in the house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I have to say that The Ring is the scariest film I've seen. I don't really do horror films, so when my friend suggested we see it, I knew I'd be in for a tough time. What can I say about it is, uh, what, what I sorry, what I can say about it is that at least I had nice shoes on, as I spent half of the film looking at them. As you referred to it a few episodes ago, even in its quieter moments, the ring still has such a psychological effect on the viewer. I have seen it since in the interview. Uh, interview. Sorry, let me say it one more time. I have seen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I must be tired. I have since seen it in the intervening years, but it is still a tough watch for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Mary watched it a little yeah. while, a couple of days ago, and I, we, I was talking, asking her about it, and she said, "Yeah, it, it's so creepy." It really keeps that, uh, and part of that reason is every scene has rain in it. Mm. It's always raining in that movie, always, and that's why uh, Gore Verbinski wanted to film it in the Pacific Northwest because he wanted that rainy, drenched feeling. Maybe he's a fan of old X Files. I don't know, but ah, doesn't okay. have that because yeah, yeah. that show in its in its early incarnation had a really creepy feeling to it because it, it was filmed here, and there's that kind of Vancouver gloom that uh, is so so important to all us gloomy people. Uh, P.S. David, I was scrolling through the dark side of the internet, otherwise known as Facebook, and came across an interesting fact. Apparently, the Dark Shadows film of 1970 called House of Dark Shadows has one of the earliest post-credit scenes. Third earliest on the list I read. Although you probably knew that already. I didn't actually, because I've never seen that film. I'm trying to get through all the shows before I watch it, if that's possible. Thanks again for the joy and laughter each week. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Keep on sneaking, James. Well, thank you very much, James. And I'm glad that your son enjoyed the sticker so much. It makes me very happy. I gave a, I gave a sticker, undeserved, of course, to my one of my uh, co-workers because he said his son collects stickers and I thought, thought they might enjoy that one. Oh, that's nice. It's a kid-friendly one. All right, this is from Peter Ayers. Peter Ayers writes, Dear Ian and David. You know what? That's what James wrote. That's Peter. us. That's kind of, that's plagiarism, sir. Quit peeping, peering over the shoulder of other writers. Thanks for sharing your trip to Europe, especially the part where you literally aired your dirty laundry in public. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sorry 
to hear about your nightmare experience, Dave. Hope you're working through the emotions okay. Remember, you have joined a venerable fraternity of pickpocketing victims, stretching backward and forwards in time to infinity. Yes, I, like I said earlier in the show, I am. I'm over it. You know, I'm, I don't, I'm not dwelling on it or anything. Uh, I still do think about it, but not, not, not in a negative, horrible way. My most recent encounter with scammers took place crossing the Thames in the shadow of Big Ben, dotted evenly along Westminster Bridge, where at least six shell game setups. <laughs> One man works the cups. A hype man ostentatiously, ostentatiously fans out 20-pound notes and counts them from one hand to another. A couple of shills pretend to bet on the game to keep the energy up and hook in new marks. More shills stand by to disrupt the game, should anyone look like they might win. These 30 or so tricksters are clearly all in cahoots, in similar <laughs> clothing, speaking loud Romanian to each other, and with earpieces, presumably for early warning purposes. What oh shocks God, me... God, that's so much work. It is. Isn't it? Just for that nickel and diamond? Fucking <laughs> What shocks me is how, well, you know, uh, I, well, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Okay. What shocks me is how brazen this hall is. There are, they, sorry, these are blatant scammers performing loudly and in plain sight in an area bristling with police, mere meters from the seat of UK government. There's an easy satirical point to be made here. Uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> There's an easy satirical point to be made here. But my biggest feeling is sadness that this ancient scam persists as it has done for hundreds of years, and that the authorities either don't care or are powerless to hound out the scoundrels. The scammers run rings of different sizes around us all. Ricky J had some well-chosen words on the subject. Yeah, so Ricky J um, performs like a, a, some variations of the cup cup game yeah. in, a, in a stage, a kind of a, pre- a TV presented stage act. And one of the things he says is that it's easy to see how people get sucked into it and will lose, like, people have lost houses to these games, sure. you know. So uh, it's not just nickel and diming. It's also, like, more than that, if they can get the right person involved. Because there are people who are compulsively, get compulsively caught up in these sort of things, and it's terrible. My own travel nightmare took place in Shanghai. On the day I was due to fly back, I got food poisoning, stomach cramps, sweats, the whole bit. I totter down to reception veered down a side corridor to the toilet, then came round on the floor having passed out. I dragged myself to the bathroom, did what I had to, then went back to reception. Me, groggily, close to death. I'm, I'm very ill. I need help getting to the airport. Receptionist, unflinching. What do you want me to do? China isn't big on initiative. So I explained I'd need a chair to sit down, sit down on a glass of water to drink, and a taxi not to be sick in. They scraped me off the floor and delivered me, to the wrong airport. When I eventually got to the correct airport, my flight had closed and the check-in guy was busy being throttled by an irate fellow, fellow latecomer. I swayed in the line until he'd been carted off by security, then very quietly explained my situation. Nothing he could do. Even more quietly, my guts were still touch and go. I asked to speak to someone who could help, then propped myself in a corner. Amazingly, a manager found me and said I could get on the next flight in a couple of hours at no extra charge. Would I have had such success if I'd been well? I'm not so sure. But really, if you'd been well, you wouldn't have needed that. Wishing you both very well, Peter. P.S. Loved, this is in capitals, loved McCarran Airport. Just divine. Thank you, and Viva Dedrick. <laughs> it is a lovely song. It was a song I, you 
don't know this, but I did. I did a top five. Oh, yes, you knew that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I know you couldn't be involved in it, but I still felt like it. Uh, I just had to do it. Sure. So it was, air, it was sort of like related to airplane travel and stuff. So this is a song about nice. an actual airport, apparently in Nevada, by the free the free design. So, so yes, Viva Dedrick, because that is the name of the family, the free design family. Apropos of your trip, here's a new favorite pop curio that I first encountered last month: Belgian school kids pretending to be Japanese. Try guessing the year. I didn't look it up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine that it was. 70s kind of mid 70s it had kind of a glam sound to it but the other thing it reminded me of peter was i don't know if you remember if you listen to listening party i played a couple of songs by a band called goat uh uh norwegian or a scandinavian band i think from norway and uh it had they have that kind of tribal stomp sound to them as well and uh that's really what it, that's also kind of sounded like they drew from that so yeah, it was very good though i enjoyed it anywho thank you for writing both you and james and ian I now pass the flaming torch over to you. All right. I will accept it. Thank you so much. Um, so looking at questions of this week, I mentioned that uh, I was I worked on the Sharon, Lois, <laughs> and Brom show. Yeah. And I was confused as to what I was doing. Yeah. Why I was there. Yeah. If anything, I did made it there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had... This is my question to you, the audience. Have you ever had a job where you didn't know what you were doing, hmm. where you had no idea what you were doing. Uh, we were talking with a relative of mine uh, tonight uh, who was recently uh, doing something, a job, and was going, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, but uh, it was getting through it. But, yeah, have you ever <laughs> been, like, uh, in over your head at a job and uh, you didn't know what you were doing? Okay, well, this past little while, I've been to uh, Vancouver Airport, O'Hare, Brussels Airport, Frankfurt Airport, and Charles de Gaulle in Paris. And I have to say that, to me, Vancouver Airport is the best airport of all those airports I was in. Yeah. My question is, what do you think is the best airport? What's the best airport you've ever been in, in your travels? So, best airport, and have you ever uh, had a job where you did not know what you were doing? Uh, so, let us know. You can either Maybe do... your answer will be McCarran Airport. Could be. Uh, SneakyDragon.com is our website And there we have every one of our episodes Of this show Also other shows like Totally Tintin uh, And uh, Completely Beatles And so much more uh, If you want to leave uh, a message about the episode As in answering our questions Why not uh, Underneath every episode is a space for that And we would love to hear from you You can also email us at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com Go to Tumblr, uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com, or Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. Uh, we are not blue check mark verified, <laughs> and probably will never be because we're $8. a counterfeit dragon. What's eight dollars? What does that mean? Are you not familiar with? Uh, I am not familiar with this. No. Okay, so uh, uh, Mr. Elon Musk, who recently purchased yeah uh, Twitter, he let it sink in. Um, was saying how he he was going to charge. Uh, people who had the blue check mark, the verification check mark, okay. twenty dollars a month. Huh. And Stephen King yeah. said to him, twenty dollars a month. You know, you should be paying me. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, Elon Musk re- replied, "Well, we got to keep the lights on somehow. You know, uh, advertising alone won't pay for this. Uh, how about eight dollars?" So that's his negotiation skills uh, going on there. And everyone's like, eight dollars. I'm not paying for that. So that's where things stand right now. And so some people are... But do you uh, need the blue check mark? What's that? Do you need the blue check mark? 
Well, the reason for the blue check mark, I mean, he's going with the idea that it's a status symbol. Yeah. Whereas uh, most people are going with the idea that this just shows that I'm me. So when you've got a scammer pretending to be me, oh, okay. this shows that this is not the case. And there's been people who, there was a fellow who I believe the uh, British uh, soap opera, the EastEnders, was saying how he was contacted at one point by uh, worried parents, you know, asking like why he was talking to their kids. It was like, I'm not talking to your kids. It was like, no, someone else under his name was talking to their yeah. their kids and like mm, some some bad shit. Yeah. Uh, so the the blue check mark was a way of like showing that you were who you mm, were. I see. And so people can't run scams yeah. or whatnot yeah. or that makes uh, sense. you know, mess up your uh, good name. Yeah. But uh, Mr. Musk uh, believes, you know, that. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the argument uh, uh, that is like, hey, dumb, dumb, when you've got, uh, you know, Stephen King writing on your site for free. Uh, the idea of like charging him to be there. Yeah. That's really fucking stupid. But he's drawing people. Yeah, that's right. He's the draw. Yeah. You know, don't charge yeah. the draw. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? This is a great zoo. Uh, but hey, I want to charge the lion for being here. <laughs> you know, why is he living hey, rent we gotta free? Leave the, gotta keep the lights on. Gotta keep the lights on. Why is the lion living rent free? Yeah. Uh, hey, I need uh, need some rent. <laughs> and it's like, I'm the reason people are coming here. And it's like, uh, yeah. well, let's negotiate. And yeah. the lion goes, yeah, come on in here. Yeah, I've got my pride. Thanks for listening. I've been Ian. <laughs> I've been David. Bye. Bye. No one to get out. Thank you.